Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse episode 232. I am Peter and joining me as always in this festive season is Matt. Hey, uh, Merry Christmas early, I guess. It, <laughs> yes. It's been it's been Christmas at my house since November. That sounds, so, that sounds about right. Thank, uh, thank, but, thanks to 2020. One of the things we have to talk about after we're done recording actually is what our plan is for the next couple of weeks because... Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Christmas does fall on the day before we normally record next week, so mm-hmm. uh, we'll have to uh, work out what the Christmas schedule is. Basically, what I'm saying to the audience is, if there's a slight change or a slight delay to when the episode comes out over the next week or two, that's mm-hmm. just Christmas season. Just roll with it. <laughs> um, yep. It may happen. Uh, but, yeah, so DC Comics Podcast, we get together, we talk about DC Comics, it's really that simple. A lot of big books this week, actually, uh, as well as some uh, pretty exciting solicits to talk about. Uh, exciting... You know, not even giving my opinion on the good or the bad of them, just the post-future state, what that lineup looks like, and changes they're making to the lineup is, should be an interesting conversation. Uh, but the books we'll be discussing today will be Dark Knight's Death Metal Issue 6, Aquaman 66, Justice League 58, and Teen Titans Endless Winter Special Issue 1. I'm rolling all them together in my list because yes. that is Endless Winter's part 4, four 5, five and, six. and 6. Yes. Uh, and then we have Batman 105, Superman 28, which is the end of Bendis' run. Uh, well, at least the Superman run. The end of Superman part. Yeah. Action's next week. Action's got one more. Which I almost boxed up my Bendis stuff. Well, I, I still have. I don't know how much longer he's going to be on Legion. And all my Legion stuff's in that box. Mm-hmm. And I almost took it down to my garage. And I was like, wait, let me figure this out before. Because I don't want to dig through. Because <laughs> guys, I have, if you count my three large... Uh, boxes that I have that I need to go through. I have over thirty boxes of comics, um, so it's it's a problem. Uh, yeah. And I read that the last we have Catwoman twenty and Rorschach issue three. So yeah, meet you, meet you week. Uh, I didn't do any Patreon books this week because I looked ahead to the next two weeks and they're both later. So yes, I'll be using those weeks. Yeah, for that. you know it's a lot of week when I look at Endless Winter and there's only two issues next week instead yeah. of three. Um, so that is the plan for the episode, meaty meaty stuff, so, uh, there we go. I mean, so, honestly, there's no reason to delay, uh, talking about the solicits in this case, I think, because there's some interesting tidbits, and not only just because of what's happening, what books are back, which books aren't back, and what books are doing that are, is different, because there is kind of a different strategy here, uh, in a couple of ways. I think before we even get to the titles, uh, the, the two sort of details we have to talk about is that double shipping is done. There is no double shipping books at all in this lineup. And that some of the books, mainly the ones that were double shipping, uh, the, mm-hmm. the bigger titles, uh, and including Superman in action, even though they weren't technically double shipping before, but they were once upon a time. They're kind of in that range. Um, those are all $5 books with backups now, as opposed to having two issues a month. Um, and I'm sure we're both going to have opinions on this, um, but certainly it seems like DC are trying something different. And what's notable about it is that, to give the example of Justice League, uh, the backup in that is now where Justice League Dark is. So there's going to be a 10-page Justice League Dark by Ram V story every month as part of that issue instead of a standalone book. Which to me says that they want to try and experiment with essentially taking books that aren't selling as much as the big titles and giving them a place to exist and mm-hmm. maybe getting more people to try them out because they're just included with their book. Now, of course, the flip side to that, and the, the flip side that I've seen Cora complain about all week uh, on, on the social medias because he's, you know, 
load. This, this, this <laughs> is what happens when he can't read comics because his computer's down, because he's the only person I know that reads comics on his computer. I go back and forth uh, between my tablet and my computer, but... Yeah, I just, I couldn't. I, I have to have it in my hand. That's why I'm glad I have a tablet. Yeah. You know? Uh, but he's mad that anyway. he feels forced to pay a dollar extra for something he may not want. He's also mad that Justice League Dark, a book he really loves, is now attached mm-hmm. to a Bendis book. More on that later when we get to the solicit. <laughs> but, so and these aren't necessarily, as much as I'm making fun of him for, for being uh, a negative little Nancy who will never shut up whining, because he is, but they aren't necessarily invalid complaints. But at the same time, I do actually kind of appreciate that DC are trying something different to give these smaller selling books a chance to exist mm-hmm. in a form that may actually give them some longevity. Yeah. Well, and that's also shrinking their line a little bit, but making it like still feel big. Yeah. Right? It's, oh, it's because definitely a small. It's definitely a small. Because I, I, I looked through the, the March and I sort of mapped out what it was week to week. These are some small weeks. And it's, okay, mm-hmm. sure, a couple of the books are a dollar extra. But the actual overall amount, amount you're spending, even if you were buying every DC yeah. title in March, is much less than when it was before. Right, which which for me, who I'm trying to collect less and spend less, that's, yeah. that's great. But uh, on the same hand, though, so like you brought up um, like some of the ones that were, were double shipping or going up a dollar. Yeah. But I'm looking at Superman in action, and both just those both have larger page counts. So if it's just a page count thing, then I think it, it's still kind of smart. Because you're still getting, you know, you're getting a dollar for an extra 10 pages with a 10-page story in it, right? Sure, yeah. Like, I, I mean, um, I prefer a slightly bigger issue to two issues, I think, as well. Right, but but yeah, so you're getting a slightly bigger Superman for a dollar more in an action comics, but over at Batman, it has a backup d- with, with Robin. Just to confirm, though, Superman action yeah. do have backups. They do? Yeah. It didn't. Uh, it's not popping up on this one. I don't think. Uh, I'll I'll explain what they are when we get there. But I'm just I'm looking gotcha. at Superman right now. There is a backup. Uh, Shoot. Well then. It wasn't. Then that wasn't. Then that wasn't double shipping, and now they're they're switching things up. Well, well, that's why I said it's basically the double yeah. shipping books plus Superman in action. Okay. Uh, oh, I see it. I completely skimmed yeah. over that. Damn. Well. I just wanted Superman to feel special. <laughs> I mean, I think. I, I, I like it in some respects. I get why it could be frustrating. Uh, what's interesting is that even the backups that are in a lot of these stories mm-hmm. are actually also continuing some of the minis from Future State. It's not just mm-hmm. the main uh, teams and the main main stories. So that is actually pretty interesting. Everything seems to be somewhat relevant. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see how this goes. I okay, It's definitely less books. That said, though, I mean... They could be doing this in waves where, you know, maybe in April or May we get a couple more books added. Uh, because even though with the some of them going up a little bit, because there's less books overall and because all the double shippings are now single shipping, it's actually still quite small overall. Where, honestly, mm-hmm. once I cut out a couple of books that I'll, I'll, you know, no doubt end up not liking that much, like, I probably will want a few more. So, sure, come, mm-hmm. come the next couple of months after this. But at least in March... Like, I'll basically try everything, because there's, there's just a small enough amount of books that I don't see why I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, unless there's a creative team or something that I just absolutely despise, in which case, you know, fair enough. But um, So without further ado, let's uh, work through what these are, because they're all obviously new, or at least, you know, changing things up in some way. Uh, so the first thing is, we actually have a one-shot. Well, I say it's a one-shot. 
Uh, mm-hmm. it's, What's a zero? I, I, I mean, they say it's a one-shot. I suspect this is something that might come back with a miniseries later mm-hmm. uh, as an event or something. But we have Infinite Frontier Issue Zero. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, conjuring the, the memory of, uh, you know, the new frontier and things new like frontier, that. Infinite Crisis. It's like DC smashed their two main words together. Yeah, pretty much. Like. Um, so... And plus, Infinite Frontier kind of it kind of follows on from Future State as well in a weird way. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's kind of tying yeah, in. Up, so it's got this big up, up you, towards the future. It's got this big two-page cover, you know, this wraparound cover with a bunch of characters, mm-hmm. uh, both new and old Batman, and you know, all the you know, a lot of the characters you'd expect to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a new and old Superman there. You have uh, our two normal Flashes. Mm-hmm. You have a new Flash. You know, uh, Nightwing booster. Blue Beetle, so that's pretty cool. I, and yeah, Starfire, front and not front and center, but she's towards the center there, so that's cool. I suspect that we will uh, some of these newer characters. I'm sure we'll know a bit more about from Future mm-hmm. State once we've read that. But uh, this is a six dollar sixty four page anthology book, uh, obviously with a variety of stories. This feels like it's kind of like in the same way that we're ending a lot of metal mm-hmm. in Future State with you know generations shattered and these big eighty page things that are kind of wrapping up all these various beats. This sounds like it's kind of kickstarting the new era, whatever it may be. I don't quite want to say it's you know the caliber of DC Rebirth. I don't think it's that big, but no. But we're getting you know banners across the top of books. Yeah, yeah. With Infinite Frontier on there, so it's similar. Yeah. Uh, so the teams in this we have Scott Snyder, Jeff John, James Tyne the Four, Joshua Williamson, Jeffrey Thorne, Philip Kennedy Johnson, Brian Michael Bendis, Becky Clunan, Michael W. Conrad, Joel Jones, and Tim Sheridan, all in the writing side of things in that book. <laughs> so, so basically, if you have a, a solo series, you're, you're contributing <laughs> pretty, to this. Pretty much. Although Noble Johns does not have a solo series right now. No, but you, you notice who's also pretty center to that is Star Girl. So. Um, that wondering... is true. That is true. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get if that's what he ends up. The one thing he's doing for the next little while is a Star Girl book. Right. Um, what I will say is Joshua Wilson. I'll just I'll just add this on here because I don't think he has like a proper book later on. Mm-hmm. Is that he was teasing on Twitter this week that he does have some big DC plans for later in twenty twenty one. He just it's too early right. to reveal what they are right now. So which which that's pretty cool, and he can probably you know focus on his creator own stuff because I noticed he does that. Mm-hmm. Where he'll get, you know, he'll do a lot of DC stuff and then he'll fall back, you know, because like Nailbiter returned, you know, Nailbiter returns is the name of the book. But yeah, so uh, I'm excited for whatever he's doing. He's, he's a name. I'm so happy yeah. to see his name now. Like to go from him and Rebirth going like, oh, who's this Josh Williamson guy? Like, Well, I know him from Birthright, but what else does he do? To now he's, you know, headlining DC stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, plus it's just kind of reassuring as well that, you know, even with this smaller line, there's, there's more things planned later in the year mm-hmm. in some capacity. So, you know, I'm sure they'll let us get, like, accustomed to this new lineup for a month or two and then start sprinkling in other things. But uh, the art team is a list of names. I won't bother reading them all out, mm-hmm. but I'll just say I'm disappointed that right at the end of the list, John Romita Jr.'s name is mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just about the writer, something I noticed, there's, you know, yeah. Jeff John spelled in his way. Is there going to be room for two Jeffs spelled that name, spelled that way at DC? Because uh, you have Jeffrey Thorne. Well, he's Jeffrey, though. Uh, he's, he's going with full title. Yeah, but, like, I feel like there's heat there. <laughs> with no evidence to go well, off. Is there room for Crisis of Infinite Jeffs? I, 
I wouldn't be surprised if he goes by Jeff, but when he started working yeah. at DC, he said, you know what, just call me Jeffrey, Jeffrey so that I, I'm more distinct. I want to be distinct from the other one. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's pretty funny. Um, I'll read the uh, description for this names. one. Yeah, some big names in the art, though, which is pretty cool, and then JRJR, and you're like, yes. Uh I'll read the description for this one since it is this kind of standalone thing. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Once I stop dying, that is... <coughs> Pardon me. The next phase of the DC Universe begins here. Dark Knight's death metal presented the darkest, one of the darkest threats to DC multiverse. DC Future State revealed what may lie ahead. Now it's time to look into the infinite frontier of the current day DC Universe. In Gotham City, the Joker jolts citizens awake with an attack even the Dark Knight never expected. In Brazil, a young woman discovers her destiny and her connection to the Amazons. In Belle Reve, Amanda Waller plots an invasion of Arkham Asylum. In the far reaches of space, Mongol dreams of galactic domination, while the Green Lantern Corps hosts a summit of the greatest enemies. At the Hall of Justice, the League joins forces with Black Adam. Beyond the mortal world, Wonder Woman settles into a new role in the God Sphere. And somewhere in the DC Universe, the return of Stargirl in an all-new tale written by Jeff Johns. Which seems like it's probably going to be setting something up. Mm-hmm. So, this feels like it's super important. This feels like if you care about the DC Universe at all, you have to read this. Mm-hmm. Which I'm okay with. Yeah, that's fine. Like, I'm yeah. cool with that. As a DC nerd, like, that's that's where I'm at. Uh, and, you know, it says, uh, how much is this book? It's six bucks? Six bucks, yeah. That's That's not bad for six bucks. No, no. If anything, I'm just concerned that there's like almost too many stories. Yeah. Go, going by the, the list of artists and writers, mm-hmm. there's just too many stories for 64 pages, which makes me think some of them are going to be like three or four pages each. But other than that, like I'm excited to see where we're going. So, you know, of course I'm going to check it out. Yeah. So there's 11. So if you if you were splitting it equally, it'd be, you know, eight. It is worth mentioning, eight though. Eight pages per, but yeah. It, it wouldn't be out of. Uh, a regular especially right now there's been so many stories between metal and generations and stuff that have mm-hmm. been snyder williamson and tynan co-writing they so, might just be working yeah. yeah might just be there so there could be a couple of combinations where people are yeah you know co-writing and whatnot but uh especially if it's leading to something they're all working together with so mm-hmm. that is that a new book we've got going here is batman urban legends issue one now that sounds like it's a third bat book uh, which is a prestige format. It is eight dollars, sixty-four pages, um, and it seems like the idea of this is to have a lot of shorter stories uh, every month that are all taking place mm-hmm. in the sort of the Gotham world with Gotham characters, and letting them all be sort of. So this is kind of like instead of having two or three other Bat books, it's having one that's where they're all maybe like ten to fifteen pages each bundled together mm-hmm. as a sort of, you know, here's your third more yeah. all-encompassing Bat book. Yeah, they're jumping into the anthology side of things. Which I actually think sounds really cool, and I think mm-hmm. it's a really good way to maybe for us to get things like her Batgirls story mm-hmm. and like this type of thing. I have to admit, the actual the, the creators sound interesting. The actual list of stories in the description doesn't excite me that much, barring one, unfortunately. But yeah. I will give it a try. So we have Chip Jarsky, uh, Matthew Rosenberg, so that's two Marvel uh, traditional mm-hmm. writers there i'm noticing uh stephanie phillips and brandon thomas are the writers eddie barrows marcus toe ryan benjamin laura braga and max uh, dunbar on the art uh so we have uh so there's a bit of a generic description of just what the book is the idea that oh, says ah the gotham city the urban legends of the bat blah blah uh so the four stories that are in here and it's 64 pages it does put them roughly in the kind of 15-ish page so just a bit shorter than a full issue each but mm-hmm. 
you know, reasonable size, not too short either. We have Chip Zarsky, uh, entering Gotham City with celebrated Detective Comics and DC Future State, Robin Eternal artist Eddie Barrows. Uh, I think we mainly know him from uh, the detective run from Tynan. Uh, for a... Yeah. This is a six-part story, Chronicle in Red Hood. This is, you know, the, the, like, I was really excited about Zarsky and his like, oh, Red Hood. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, but he's investigating a new drug sweeping through Gotham. It's a night that will change his life forever and put him in Batman's crosshairs. So I'm conflicted on that. I like the creators. Character, not so much. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. As, I'll, I'll, at, at least it's not a full book, though. That's true, that's true. Where and, we feel like, you know... Yeah. And, and it's Zarsky. I'll give it a fair... T- I mean, I'm, I'm in this space. I'm going to try the book, so I'm going to try all these stories anyway. Where, where we get into the problem with this anthology style is if we end up liking two and hating the other two of the stories, and it's like, well, do I want to keep yeah, reading well, that? Well, this says, you know, it's a six-part Yeah, so... Story. Which is why I say it's kind of like they're all ongoing books just kind of bundled mm-hmm. together in a fashion that maybe makes them more financially viable mm-hmm. than it would be yeah. if they were all doing their own thing. Uh, so then the next one is uh, Matthew Rosenberg's story. He's doing Grifters as uh, one of the stories in Future State. Uh, and he's picking up where he left off. So that's again what I was talking about where some of the Future State mini backup stories are continuing in some form. It's not just... Which, again, it feels like they're really testing the format a little bit here. They're trying something different by having this continue in this way. Uh, so, uh, Ryan Benjamin joins them, uh, and they learn why Cold Cash is in Gotham, and a tale that hints to what Halo might be, and we also get Batman v's Grifter round two. I have to be honest, I don't know very much about Grifter, so a lot of the words there didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. No, I, I'm familiar <laughs> enough from New 52. Yeah, because I was one of the Wildstorm characters they folded in, and yeah, um, I feel like Halo has something to do with Wildcats, but I'm not sure. But I'm feeling like this younger generation, so the Zadarskis and the Rosenbergs, kind of grew up with that Wildstorm era, and so they have some, you know, uh, yeah, sure. Let them let them work on Grifters. This is this so, is a, again a thing of I'm sure Batman will appear here because I mean it says Batman yeah. v Grifter, but it's a you know it's a bat sort of world book. Yeah. This is, again, much like the last one, this is purely on the strength of the creator rather than caring about the, the character, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of summing this up here a little bit. Uh, then the third story is uh, Stephanie Phillips, uh, the new Harley mm-hmm. Quinn writer uh, from Future State, the next Batman. Uh, Laura Bragg is going to join her uh, as the artist. Uh, this is going to be a Harley Quinn story. Mm-hmm. Set just before the launch of her new series, Harley's determined to sort out her history with Poison Ivy, but first she'll have to find her. So maybe this one's a bit more up your alley. Uh, yep, yep. I I was like, okay, I can probably skip this unless I hear good. Oh man. <laughs> Plus, Stephanie Phillips is the hockey playing Muay Thai writer, so like she's your favorite. Yeah, and yeah, I feel indebted. And then I got to this last one. I was like, oh man. Oh yeah, the last one is definitely the one that's piqued my interest the most, at least yeah. from a, a concept perspective. So, mm-hmm. uh, Brandon Thomas, who's doing an outsider story in Future State, is continuing with the outsiders. A three part. This is a three part story, so it's interesting. That they're all different sizes, so. It'll be interesting to see, yeah, like, rotating. You know, yeah. So, in like issue four, you're still going to have like more of the the Red Hood story, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but you're going to be switching this to something else. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, but yeah, so this is going to have Black Lightning, Katana, and Metamorpho in it, uh, which is cool because obviously Metamorpho is a, a classic Outsiders character, but obviously we've yep. been seeing him more recently in you know in the Terrifics and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this reunion quickly turns into a confrontation with a figure from from Katana's past and a story drawn by fan favorite artist Max Dunbar. So, uh. Yeah, so I, I would say their story. I'm pumped. I like yep. the creators on the other ones. 
So mm -hmm. mixed feelings overall, but I'm intrigued by the format. And it's that this is the thing where when we get to issue like you know five or six, when half of these stories have changed over, then what does it look like then? Like maybe all of a sudden it's like even better than it was when it started. Yeah, it's it depends who's on it. It depends. Uh, would you agree that this is maybe better than having like four other like bat books? Is having yeah, just this well, one? Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like they can, like it's almost like a showcase. To see yeah. what works and what doesn't. So if people start, you know, a lot of buzz starts coming up around the outsiders, that could lead to another outsiders book. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. Or um, if you know, or if it doesn't, then it's just a part in an anthology that'll get collected somewhere else. Oh, later, I mean, you know. Yeah, and honestly, honestly, this book feels like it's also perfect for when there's like a crossover or an event, mm -hmm. and they can just say, "Oh, here's like four stories," rather than selling yeah. another one shot or another right. thing. Urban Legends for a month or two just becomes like mm -hmm. all the stories related to that event. They could do that, yeah. I mean, and again, it's it's kind of smart where they kind of shrink. They've makes it look like they've shrunk their line, but not really because there's still, you know, four creative teams here. You know, instead of having four <laughs> books, they're they're on one and it's going slower. So yeah. Uh, so that is uh, Batman Urban Legends issue one. Uh, so we'll see, you know, where that goes. Uh, next up, this was announced during the week, but obviously, you know, by the time we record, we got solicits. Uh, James Tynion's other Bat book turns out to be Joker. Joker issue 1's coming in March. And th th this is kind of like a weird one, because we're like, ah, Joker series, I'm not really feeling it. Especially mm -hmm. when you attach Gillian March as the artist. I'm, I'm, I'm less, less enthused. Mm -hmm. The sad part is, though, is that, you know, this is obviously going to tie in in some way to the main Bat book eventually because it's Titan writing this, which makes us feel like it might be semi-required. But not for me, it ain't. Yeah, I, yeah. I have to admit, I don't really want to read it either, if I'm honest. Yeah. You know, I like Titan. Oh, I'm just, I'm not. And then you know, they they almost pull me because I do like Titan. And then when you get to the description, and mm. that's fine. But uh, I'm done with Joker right now. Like I've had yeah. from from last October to now. I'm I'm done with Joker. Like, I I think a lot of people are going to feel that way. Uh, yeah. Sad part is it will probably sell because it is Joker, but uh, well, yeah. Following well, yeah, the but... events of Infinite Frontier issue one, that's a mistake. It's not issue one; it's issue zero. Uh, right. The Joker is the most wanted man in the world, but the Clown Prince of Crime is several steps ahead of law enforcement, and he's on the run overseas. James Gordon, facing retirement, realizes that this is the manhunt of his life and the last piece of a storied career. But what mysterious and deadly forces are also in pursuit of the Joker? And the backup, because this is one of the $5 books, uh, the backup is Punchline. It uh, follows on from the Punchline special, issue one. And so, I mean, I did say at the end of that, and it implied the Harper Row story where her brother was going to be a, a thing going on. It seems like that's going to be in the backup in which, Joker. Which I like that. Um, so I still haven't read the Punchline one shot. Because mm -hmm. I, like, I bought it, and I was just like, I'm not, I'm, again, over this right now. But that said, if this ever gets collected, I'll definitely check this out because, yeah, Harper Row. And I've been wanting them to do stuff with Harper. For yeah, it wasn't ages. bad. C Connor hated it, but <laughs> I thought it was not bad. Uh... Yeah, again, it's just one of those things where, like, I'm just. And it's not Tynan's fault, right? That yeah. The marketing comes from DC. And I'm just tired of seeing Punchline on everything. Yeah. Just, like, because she's not the next Harley. She's like, her own character. But, like, I just felt like they were trying to make anti-harley a thing i'll, I'll it, give it this i'll give it this yeah. i think that if you're going to have a punchline story list being a backup mm -hmm. in a joker book is the perfect place to yeah to put your punchline story and i will yeah. say 
I have to admit, I'm kind of intrigued with the idea of Jim Gordon going like away from Gotham and just go, doing a one-man manhunt for Joker. But him being so close to retirement, I've seen enough movies. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> so, you know. Like, it's something about the Jim Gordon saying, I'm leaving Gotham, so no bat help, no bat, you know, assistance. Right. I'm, I'm going to go off and do this as a cop. is it, interesting yeah. to me. Can, can we talk real quick about how everyone loves Frank quietly but me? I don't get it. If someone wants to try to educate me on it, oh, but people I, are talking about how great this Frank Quitely cover looks, and it just looks ugly to me. Like, I don't get it. Um, if, what? Which one? Do you guys the, like it? Cool. Which one's it's the Quitely cover? It's uh, if you're on the the page, it's yeah. the second or the third one. Right. With okay. All the wrinkles and just um, people. I've, I've, I've liked some of his art in the past. Um, I'm not necessarily in love with this image, mainly because of all yeah. the weird wrinkles in his face. It looks a bit odd yeah. to me. But I don't I don't get it. I know <clears> people <throat> are into Quitely, and that's cool. I'm sure he's a nice guy. But I just remember even during when uh, Morrison was writing Batman and he would do covers and stuff. Or I think he even did a couple stories. Yeah, he did, he, did, uh, he did art in Batman and Robin, for sure. Yeah, and people were like, oh, it looks so great. And I was like, it's, it's fine. Um... But yeah, that cover people were sharing, and they're like, oh, look how great this looks. I was like, if you say so. Like, I just, I don't get it. But if someone could explain to me what they like about it, then I'm mm-hmm. all ears. Uh, so that is Joker issue one. Next up is Harley Quinn issue one, naturally. Uh, I will say the the first cover you see here, which is not the main cover, but there's a very no. anime looking cover here that I don't like at all. I hate I hate it. <laughs> I hate it with. Would a... you rather have that or the Rosmo cover though? Like you have to pick one. <sighs> Honestly, between them, I think the Rosmo cover is less annoying. Yeah, is it... I agree, I'll agree there. Yeah. Now, admittedly, do I like that anime cover more than the interior Rosmo art? There's a good chance I will, <laughs> but. Yeah. Uh, versus the cover, uh, you know. So uh, Stephanie Phillips writing Riley Rosmo on the art uh, for this. This is a regular price four dollar book. This is not a five dollar one. Uh, I'll point that out as I go. Uh, then we have uh, something that I did not expect at all. We have a crime syndicate miniseries. Uh, this is a six issue book. Andy Schmidt writing with Kieran uh, McCowan on the art or McCowan. I don't know if you try to pronounce that name. Uh, too many yeah, vills. Yeah, too many yeah, vills, Mister Mister Kieran there. Yeah. Uh, so four book. Uh, this is spin out of Dark Knight's Death Metal, uh, the multiverse is reborn, and Earth Three with it. So I, I kind of see even before I read the rest of this. So basically, what I'm I'm guessing yeah. here before I read any more is that oh, so here's what Earth Three is now. That everything's yep. reset. Here's what oh. Earth Three is. And that's that that goes back with the Owlman story mm-hmm. that we got in one of those that he knows that like in everything he's always the evil version yeah that was really of, good actually i really like that yeah that story. his motivations in that and, issue were really good yeah and so this this plays in with this that he he was proven right you know that there's always going to be an owl man on earth three yeah and that's the dark version that is the dark version of batman not the batman who laughs so yeah. i like how this kind of that kind of foreshadowed this a little bit yeah, you know, that's that's obviously just kind of has to win us with issue one. I think we'll give it a try and uh, either. Yeah, this, uh, this is my speed. Yeah, uh, other multiverse shenanigans and Dark Justice League. You know, I'll definitely be checking this one out, and it helps that it's you know, thirty-two pages with the the backup. I guess no backup. Yeah, because it's got a backup. Oh, uh, Origin it? of Ultraman. Oh, well, so okay. I'm sure. I'm sure maybe each of them, each of the six issues, will have a 
origin of yeah. well in this case it means the main story is shorter than normal then because it's, it's a regular right. size book mm-hmm. uh regular price and all that um but yeah yeah i'll give it a try it's it's one of these things where like if it's good then i'm happy to keep reading it for six issues and if it's not it seems like it's something that i can easily go well okay i'll just ignore it now then because yeah. it's a, a mini series yeah I, I like here that it uh i read another one where they were talking about the difference in the green lanterns mm-hmm. is that there's a more john stewarty green lantern in in this as power ring but he goes by a different name i think it's emerald knight or something Oh, okay so i i like that that they're changing things just enough yeah, yeah, they've got uh, they've got an atom here built into the cover. Yeah, Atomica, uh, which we yeah. saw in if you remember John's run on Justice League way back in New Fifty Two. I mean, yeah, I read it, but <laughs> yeah, yeah but we, we had that's where I remember seeing that com or that yeah. that character first. So, so. No, curious. Yeah. Uh, then the Suicide Squad ongoing that's starting from issue one. Mm-hmm. Uh, come come uh, March, regular price. This is Robbie Thompson and Eduardo Eduardo Pansica. Um, I'll give it a try. I'm not really expecting much from this. I feel like I was obviously all on board with a Tom Taylor Suicide Squad. Uh, with this, it's just kind of like, I'll give it a try. I'm not expecting to. Because all on Tom Taylor Suicide Squad, I have never stuck with Suicide Squad, ever. Yeah, me neither. So. Uh, and this, although this one has, uh, I think it's Death, Death Bolt or something. He's at the Electrical Powers. Which mm. I haven't seen him since the days of Titans way back in the day. So that's cool. And then you got peacemaker um i mean them trying to recruit a talon is kind of an interesting concept but yeah 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 we'll see uh and then we got something that was kind of a surprise this week as well which is superman red and blue which is essentially the superman companion to batman black and white yeah uh so anthology style six dollars 40 pages uh all of the art and Red and blue, although technically also white as well. I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, you have to have some grays in there to make yeah. it go. But uh, um, but yes. So that, the only... uh, Gary Frank cover. Ooh, we. Oh, hello. I've not seen the Gary. Oh, yeah, it's very nice. Yeah. Uh, so very pretty stuff. Uh, so much like the Batman Black and White, this is going to be a series of of different teams doing short stories. So we got John Ridley, Wes Craig, Brandon Easton, Dan Waters, and Margaret Bennett on the writing teams. Uh, Clayton Henry, Wes Craig, Steve Lieber uh danny and jill thompson uh on the art team so um I- admittedly like the batman one like i only really like one of the stories and it basically convinced me not to bother reading at least not as single issues maybe as a sort of curiosity later on i'll dig it at the rest right. of them uh so i mean I'll, I'll probably try the first one of these i don't expect i'm going to want to read this monthly though just because it's going to be all these little shorts yeah i'm definitely going to pick up the first one uh i might be just better to get when it's all collected yeah. Right. And then you can just kind of read it as it goes, but gonna have to get that uh, Frank cover. Just... Hey, if they keep doing Frank covers, you're probably gonna end up buying all of them. I'm just gonna. <laughs> that that could that could be. Yeah. Just, just the way that this is, you know, with the 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 sky blue and the red, and it just it just pops and it looks great. But no, I'm I'm glad Superman's getting one of these. Like this is really cool news. I was not That's expecting the slightest. Uh, I don't even know what you do. Like Wonder Woman, Golden. <laughs> Yeah, you can't do gold though. Hers would have to be like, I mean, you could, you could do a red with her too. Like, yeah, it has to be red and gold. Uh, yeah, it has, yeah, it has to be different from Superman's. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Uh, green, uh, green lantern, green and black. I actually think would look quite cool. But I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. and all the different shades of green you got working in there. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. 
maybe my most anticipated book for March, in a lot of ways, is the start of the, the Swamp Thing. Not just Swamp Thing, this Swamp Thing, issue one. Ram V. Wright and Mike Perkins on the Artist. It's a 10-issue book, uh, which is cool. They know it's got a beginning, middle, and end. That front cover, uh, I assume that's the variant, the Matina variant, is absolutely gorgeous. It makes me think of, it's like a swamp, very Swamp Thing version. You know the classic Hulk cover where Banner's mm-hmm. standing in front of Hulk? It's like a Hulk issue one and or whatever it is. Yeah, it's it's kind of like that, but more demented because it's Swamp Thing. They're definitely leaning into the supernatural side of Swamp Thing, which we've kind of we we have and we have we've gotten away from at times, where we've gotten the you know uh, ecologically driven Swampy. This definitely seems like it's leaning into the supernatural darkness. Hell, hell even the uh, regular covers reminded me of that Hulk cover a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, it's also very nice. I love the classic font. It feels very old school in a lot of ways, which yep. I, I like. Uh, dealing with the shadows of, of uh, Swamp Thing. I'll, I'll read the premises, actually, because I've not read the read the solicit yet. Um, so, unable to control his transformation into the monstrous Swamp Thing. Oh, wait, hold on, there's a new character? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. Le- Levi uh, You skipped Kamai. over it. Yeah, I skipped over that. I, I, asked, I assumed it was talking about the artist or something like that. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, so, yeah, Levi uh, Kamai is the new uh, Swamp Thing. Uh, so Levi is thrust into the harsh, unforgiving mystery of the grisly murders committed by a supernatural desert legend. Levi must revisit past events in his homeland of India and face the deadly reality of a ravenous new villain in order to comprehend what he is truly and horrifyingly becoming. A new era of global action and horror blossoms here, and Swamp Thing will be the rivet. Do you know what? I keep comparing this to Hulk, but it just really feels like it's going to be there in this mm-hmm. uh, immortal Hulk sort of Could be. answer. And, you know... DC's never had a response to Hulk. You know, like they've tried with other characters and it's just never been there. Why not try Swamp Thing? Yeah, I think Swamp Thing kind of makes sense. And what's funny is that Marvel have their answer to Swamp Thing and Man Thing, which is getting a new book too. Yeah, but yeah, it's that's Man Thing. But I just, it's just I, kind of funny to me. There's like a whole cycle to this where it yeah. goes down the ladder. <laughs> have Have you and Tim covered the Man Thing movie on Screams? The Man Thing? There's a Man Thing movie? Oh, yeah. There was a sci fi movie. Uh, on, on the network sci-fi yeah that was a horror man thing that was way bad like um you got you guys might want to add it as an incentive next october um jeez oh, uh yeah i'm all scared to even <laughs> those, those who know fear knows the burn of the man thing <laughs> well, it's, yeah yeah a lot of times a lot of concern about that but uh so but i'm super pumped i i ram v via catwoman more than that mm-hmm. today as well uh, has been grown on me immensely as a writer. Uh, he also addressed the rumors that he is the fifth Ram. So <laughs> I was always right calling him Ram 5. Yes. Uh, that's good. Um, so no, that's the Swamp thing. Really, really cool. Perkins is perfect for it as well. Uh, then Teen Titans Academy issue one. Again, we knew this was coming. Tim Sheridan mm-hmm. writing, Rafa Sandoval in the art. I have no opinion on Tim Sheridan whatsoever. So I hope this is good because I'd like a good Teen Titans book. Uh, yep. But I do like Rafa Sandoval. So, I do, yeah. Uh, and yeah. obviously they're doing that. I mean, sometimes, I mean, Teen Titans in the 80s was very much supposed to answer X-Men. Yeah. That's why the new Teen Titans kind of got that big relaunch that it did. But this feels like more of a modern, this feels like your your Wolverine, the X-Men, or any of the other X, like Academy set books of the Which last decade. It's my favorite X-Men of the last couple of years. Like, I'm not counting only Wolverine in, in that side. Sure. Because you know, that's fantastic. But... As the team goes, Wolverine and the X Men was by far my favorite X Men of the last twenty years. So uh, I, I can definitely get behind this, especially as you have the 
new Teen Titans coming in as teachers, like the the OG. Yeah, that is ones. amazing. Yeah, because just to read the yeah. text here, uh, we have some new. We have a, a new Shazam or just Shazam. Yes, which it's got to yeah. be all the kids, right? Yeah, like it's got to be all of them. Uh, a new Australian speedster, which is probably the one on the uh, the, the big two page cover for Infinite uh, Frontier. Yeah, uh, a trio of Gotham teens, uh, who are obsessed with the Batman. Goth. Yeah, Goth with quotes around him. <laughs> True, yes, so that was pretty great. Nice little detail. Uh, and a member uh, of this first class will become the Deadly Red X. Original New Teen Titans, including Nightwing, Starfire, Raven, Cyborg, and Beast Boy. Uh, take on the role of teachers and mentors for the yeah that, that sounds like a fantastic premise i hope this lands because it sounds perfect if it does i'm definitely gonna pick up the first issue physically because i titans titans got me into book comics right it was like flash batman superman and titans so like i'm kind of compelled but then you're gonna add this really cool uh and concept honestly so, yeah. after the disappointment of what could have been bendis's young justice this yeah. I would love for this to be a gem and be like a surprise yeah. hit. I, yeah. I really would. You know, that said, as I was reorganizing my comics this week and putting stuff in the garage, I have really good feelings about that Young Justice, but they're more in that what could have been, where mm-hmm. it feels like everything's kind of scattershot. When you look back at his, like, you know that he kind of had a plan with these newer heroes he was introducing, but it kind of, it started weighing itself down in the mud. And he couldn't get to some of that stuff. And See, so who knows why? I'll put it but... this way, Matt, because you weren't here for the last issue. Yeah. That final issue, if I didn't know it was the final issue, I would never have guessed it was the end. It just, there was like, right. oh, clearly this was not actually ending. This was just cancelled. Right. And uh, that's why I, I look back at, at it and I go, well, you know, I liked a lot of those issues. Um, yeah, individually, a lot of them are fun. quite good, but it's yeah. just, there was no flow yeah. to it. I, like, it was so no. all over the place. Uh, and... I, I was talking with uh, a friend on Twitter this week about action comics, how it just kind of got bogged down by, you know, almost like when Naomi showed up and I love that character and I love that series, but action kind of lost its identity for, for a minute there. And then JR, JR came on in the art and it was just, and, no matter, and no matter how much the story may actually be good, the art keeps ruining it every single time. Yep. So uh, but speaking of Superman though, uh, mm-hmm. Superman issue 29, we got our new, uh, you know, creator who's going to be on this, and yeah. action, so it's the same writer on both, yes. which is... Which, uh... which I'm a little sour about, because I do, I, I would, as I want different creative outlets, right, for, for mm-hmm. the books, like I want, I don't want action to feel like the backup to Superman or vice versa, and I felt like that's when Bendis had both of them, they would trade, like one had more importance than the other. So if you could make them, you know, have their own identities, that would be cool. And maybe Philip Kennedy Johnson can do that. Maybe maybe uh, he will in time. It is worth mentioning this first month. It's actually a two-part story. Part one's in Superman right. and part two is in action. So it's literally a two-part yep. story in this case. So they're essentially just a, a continuation of each other. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so Philip Kennedy Johnson writing uh, with uh, Phil Hester and Eric uh, Ga- Gapsper? Gap- no, sorry, Gapster on the, uh, on the art. Yeah. So, and then we have Action Comics 1029, which is Philip Kennedy Johnson, with Becky Clooney and Michael W. Conrad. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, art by Phil Hester. Oh, same artist, actually. It's the same team on, mm-hmm. on both of the main stories. Yeah. Uh, I was jumping the to the backups much. there. Uh, and both have backups. Superman Action both have backups. So, yeah. the Superman backup is uh, Tales, from Metro- oh, Tales of Metropolis. Yeah. Yes. They both are. They're both Tales of Metropolis. 
Oh yeah, Batman and Detective yeah. are doing this as well in the first month, and maybe yeah. future as well, where the backups are actually going to like cross over mm-hmm. between them. So if you if you like the backup story, you're kind of incentivized to buy the other one. Uh, as someone that doesn't buy tech right now because I'm not reading tech, seeing who's working on that backup makes me very salty. Yeah, but you've seen the the new the new main team on tech as well, though, right? Yeah, yeah, but I'm trying to get less stuff, Pete. Yeah, but you're going to read it still. Maybe. It's Tamaki oh, Tech! Come on, you got to read it. I know, come on. So, so what's this action about? I'm just saying. Okay, okay what's this action about? Well, hold on, oh, no, I meant the Tales of Metropolis. Oh, okay. I was on the action page. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so writer Sean Lewis, who worked on one of the stories in uh, Future State, and artist Sam Bajri uh, from Harley Quinn follows Jimmy Olsen on a quest to meet some of the city's most colourful Denzians, beginning... <laughs> of course yeah. you like it. Of course you like oh, this. Bibbo. Of course. Uh, of course Matt's all over the bibble. Uh so cool. And just the main story for the record, this in yeah. the <laughs> in Superman in action. Which feels also important. Yes. It's called the Golden Age. Jonathan Kent takes a step back to examine his father's legacy. When a monstrous foe from outer space attacks Clark and nearly kills him, the young hero must consider the fact that his father died once before and the Legion of Superheroes told him he could die again. Any threat could be the one, including this one. I think it's interesting that there, that, you know, this writer, uh, Johnson here, is immediately mm-hmm. going to this look at it through the eyes of, of John Kent. Uh, that's a, that feels like there's a bit of a vision there, I'm hoping at least, yeah. going forward. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, um, that said, though, for all we know, this could just be a, a two-issue fill-in thing, and then in April we're going to have the new yeah. real team. <laughs> and well, and um, Philip Kennedy Johnson's also doing the John book for Future State. Yes. So I'm sure this this ties into that a little bit. Oh no um, doubt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but no, that this is real cool. Um, but yeah, I just kind of wish we had different. Maybe maybe we will going forward. I don't I don't know. Maybe someone will take over and. Philip Kennedy Johnson's just doing this right here. Yeah, maybe he'll, um, he'll just keep one of them and the other one will switch. Or, yeah. I mean, right. now that it's not double, now that not, nothing's double shipping, like it makes a right. bit more sense to have one writer on both, but, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's what it is. Uh, having the backups connect them, I mean, in this case, the main story connects them too. But when we get to Batman and Detective here, which we're on to next, Batman 106, uh, obviously mm-hmm. Tynan's run is continuing. Uh, this does have a backup. Uh, which is yep. crossing over into the... So this is the same backup part two. This is in Detective uh, 1034, which is also next. Yep. Uh, this is a, this is called Demon or Detective, and it's about Damien Wayne, and he's on the run. After everything Damien has gone through, can he escape Gotham and find his way back to where his journey started? To his mother, Talia al Ghul. Uh, so that's the two-part backup uh, over the two issues. Um, but of course, the main... This that, kid. Yeah. He's so much trouble. By the way, that main Batman, that Batman 106 cover is gorgeous. The main one with the it, yellow background. It reminds me when um, uh, Albuquerque was doing Batgirl. With yeah, the very, very and the similar. Yellow. Yeah, like it looks. It, yeah, it looks really good. Plus, uh, yeah, and plus, the, I mean, that is a really cool interpretation of Scarecrow in that cover as yeah. well. It's really demonic looking. I'm, I'm into it. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, despite you know not loving everything with recent Batman issues because I'm not mm-hmm. really a fan of Ghostmaker, um, I'm still excited for Tynan's direction. Can't wait to talk about this issue. Oh, really we got yeah, still starts. Oh, uh, so then, of course, the Comics one thousand thirty-four. 
which is Tamaki now on the book with Dan Mora. And I actually, I'm a big fan of Dan Mora as well. I'm a big fan yep. of both these creators, so I am super pumped for this. Uh, so, Future State may be over, but the present looks tense with the loss of his fortune and manor, the election of Mayor Nakano, and the growing anti-vigilante sentiment in Gotham. Bruce Wayne must rethink how to be Batman or risk being left behind in his own city. To make matters worse, a catastrophe crime wave has taken hold of the city, culminating in a murder mystery that hits close to home. The suspects mount, the clues multiply, and the trail of bodies hasn't ended yet. Uh, so that, that's your description for the main story there. So, yeah, I'm pumped. I'm pumped for this team, because Dan Mora, I mostly discovered from the Firefly comic book, and Tamaki, of course, mm-hmm. I've been I've been loving most so of my work for I, a long time. I know you're kind of not big on, on magic kind of stories, but how are you on Morrison? Because I know you're not a big fan of the big sci-fi Green Lantern Morrison. But Morrison, uh, like I, I'm, I'm basically fifty-fifty with Morrison. Um, okay. I, Arkham Asylum is one of my favorite things ever. Right, uh, right. I really like his um, Batman and Robin. Um, I've been enjoying Animal Man so far, which I've been, <laughs> okay. So uh, then, if you if you have time with with all your readings and stuff, and I know you do uh, Patreon stuff, I would track down Kloss, which is the story of Santa. That is a very Grant Morrison take on the Legend of Santa, but it's hmm. got Dan Moore art, and the art is just fantastic. As a seasonal uh, read, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, there's there's monsters. There's you know there there might be a Krampus like monster in there that Klaus has to come in, but it's really good. Um, I found it as I was organizing, and I was like, oh yeah, I need to reread this. This was a fantastic nice. read, uh, and then having. Dan Mora on Batman again, like I'm trying to do less stuff, and then they go and pull this with tech, and then I was like, well, I could just get it and trade, and then you're gonna put Williamson on a Damian book, and mm-hmm. I'm just, well, a book backup, but basically. Keep in mind, not much less books in March, so I mean they're actually yeah they're actually doing a lot of the job for tell, you. Tell tell that to my my comic collection, Pete. Like, <laughs> I thought where you am say, I gonna put I, all of these? I thought you were gonna say tell that to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, because now it's at the point where it's on me that I can't just blame her yeah. in going like, well, you need to spend less. Well, technically I am spending less, but I'm re- I, like I'm running out of room, you know? But mm-hmm. I guess digitally I could, but the collector in me is like, yeah, but what if when we go back to normal, Dan Mora and Tamaki are doing a signing? I'd want them to sign this, you know? <laughs> oh, you I hate my brain. Uh, next up, Batman Superman 16. I- I'll be honest, I'm kind of shocked this one survived into March. I really thought it was going to just go away, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah, but at- but at the same time, it's not like the other ones. Yeah, right? I mean, this like, is a $4 this... book. It's regular size. Gene Lun Yang's continuing it. Williamson's off the book. Uh, mm-hmm. We got art by Ivan Reese and Danny Mickey. Uh, the uh, variant cover, I think, is quite pretty, I will say, by Greg yeah. Smallwood. Um, so... Yeah, I'm just surprised this survived. I, I guess just because it's called Batman Superman, it sells well enough that it's they wanted to keep it around. Well, and, you know, there's all this talk about out-of-continuity storytelling coming now after Future State, and as we've seen, that's not exactly true. Uh, but this one's definitely is true, because this is Golden Age Superman and Batman. Uh, it's all very... Uh, that, that I don't want to say pulp, because there's a certain mm-hmm. listener that gets annoyed when I bring up pulp. But it's got a very pulpy... Uh, yeah, uh, it's got a very pulpy look to this, and I, I'm gonna get this. Yeah. This is one I'm definitely reading. 
Yeah, the the variant uh, that I said I liked is actually like Superman's holding up a car and Batman's sort of doing the pose from you know Detective Twenty Seven. So it's, it's it's very intentionally kind of evoking those images, although it's a bit more updated and modern looking, obviously. Uh, so that's that. Catwoman Twenty Nine gets to continue, which I'm very happy about because I'm enjoying it. More on that later. Uh, it's not so much to say, really. Uh, the Flash 768, now this is an interesting one because we were, we were kind of waiting to see who was going to be the next on this and uh, the cover does have, you know, Jay and it looks like Bart and I think that's meant to be Wally right behind Barry but it's hard to tell because the head's tilted back a lot. <laughs> yeah. I just assume it is because the other two are clearly the other two Flashies so I assume that has to be Wally. Um, mm. So this is going to be by Jeremy Adams who I have to admit, I don't know. Me neither. I don't know who that is. Uh, Brandon Peterson writing. This is a regular price $4 book. Uh, here's the description of the, the text. The retirement of Wally West begins after the events spanning from DC Universe Rebirth to Heroes in Crisis to Dark Knight's Death Metal. The former Kid Flash decides to call it quits, but the current Flash needs his former partner now more than ever. As Fallout from Infinite Frontier hits the Flash, Barry Allen and Wally West must confront the past by way of a Justice League led by Green Arrow. So, uh, more on that in a minute. But, um, I mean, I'm glad that Wally's taking center stage. And people may think you're not worried that this is about the retirement of Wally West. Like, no, because dude, even if he retires for a year, he's going to put the suit back on before long. It's yeah. fine. The, the fact that they're even going to focus on him as he's wrestling with this decision is is just a good thing. So... I mean, yeah, he's, he's back in the spotlight. Yes. Uh, so that, that pleases me. Um... But I, yeah, I have, no, I have no idea who this creator is. <laughs> so I just pulled him up, and uh, according to League of Comic Geeks, he's writing the uh, Superman and Worlds of War feature state books. Interesting. So, yeah. So that's uh, so that's all that came up. Hopefully we <laughs> like that then, so then we'll maybe yeah. look forward to this a bit more. Um, I will... So uh, we'll see if... I mean, interestingly, Flash has a new logo. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I say the logo, I mean just like the font on the cover. It's like a different style of text. It's a different it's stuff because it was basically the, it was basically the same at least all the way from Rebirth onwards. Maybe even all the way back to New Fifty Two. Uh, but uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's very neon and it's just a different font and all that. Where you know, whereas Catwoman still looks the same uh, as far as her font goes. So yeah, is this the new run on the Flash or is this just an arc? Is this just like a, a writer they've got in to do an arc that's tying into other things before we get a proper run again? I have no idea. There's very little fanfare and there was no announcement of this on its own that I'm I'm not sure. So, yeah. we'll see. Hopefully it's good though. I mean, I like the sound mm-hmm. of the, what it's focusing on, so. Neat. Uh, so the next big thing, of course, is the new creative team on Justice League and this is a biggie. Uh, so Justice League 59, they're not renumbering it. It's continuing where, it's, where it is. Uh, this is Bendis's new book. He is the Justice League writer, uh, Art at least starting off. With, and it's monthly now, so maybe it will be consistent. Uh, but Art is... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was going to say, only took how many years now for Bendis to get his hands on the Justice League? Yeah, that's yeah, true. Uh, David Marquez is his artist on the main story. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I said earlier, the backup to this, because it is a $5 book, is Justice mm-hmm. Dark by Ram V and Zermanico, which immediately means that I'll give that another try and Connor will probably not read it because it's sort of attached <laughs> well. to a bed this book now. <laughs> uh, the big stuff here, though, is the lineup for the team, which mm-hmm. is some expected faces and some not expected faces. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Green Arrow and Black Canary there, along with Black Adam, who was mentioned in the solicit text, and Naomi is there. Uh, mm-hmm. Really interesting. There is no Green Lantern. 
there is no uh there's actually no flash on the cover but i don't know if that's because no he's he's in there though he's in there though yeah okay. he's in the the font i wonder the, the paragraph description yeah. there we go nailed uh, it the, the, that was about as far as nailing it as humanly possible. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said that, because it's funny. Uh, so, do you know what's funny? I, I glanced out at the text, right? And I saw the name Males Morales and went, wait, what? And I was like, oh, they're just, they're just saying what Marquez has worked on. It's fine. <laughs> that's where, where <laughs> I was yeah. getting really confused. I was like, wait, what, Han? This is bigger news than I thought. <laughs> if Males Morales is in the New Justice League, we've got some big news yep. to talk about. Uh, so... Yeah, so get Superman, Batman, The Flash, Hot Girl, Aquaman, Hippolyta. Uh, yeah, no, nobly Hippolyta, not Diana. Uh, and Diana might be elsewhere in the, the multiverse. We'll get to that when yes. we get to Wonder Woman. Um, and Black Adam's there. And obviously Naomi's obviously quite notable. Bendis so, bringing her in there. Yeah, seeing Hippolyta and Black Adam as I'm reading Endless Winter, I'm like, yeah. maybe this is going to matter more than we think. So that's Very pretty possibly. Cool. I mean, if nothing else, like the idea of their history and maybe like their relationship yeah. and the tension between them well, is set up from yeah. Endless Winter. That's what that's what I mean. Like the fact that they have a relationship because when we get there, that's kind of where we leave off uh, this week. Uh, so, and then just seeing that in the solicits, I thought it was pretty cool synergy. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, the the plot does involve Naomi's home world, so. Whether or not she sticks around after the plot doesn't re- relate to her anymore, is, we'll, we'll wait and see. Hopefully this has a clear direction. Hopefully Bendis is on top form. Um, I think he was in parts with his Superman run, but it definitely mm-hmm. faltered at places. Uh, Young yeah. Justice, not so much. So I hope this is uh, more what I want from Bendis. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the backup is uh, just like Dark, as mentioned. Uh, pro- probably the other big most anticipated thing after the Swamp thing. Uh, in a lot of ways, is Nightwing 78, because mm-hmm. the new team on Nightwing officially announced this week is our Lord and Saviour, <laughs> Tom Taylor. Yep, Agent uh, Saint. With Bruno Redondo, who's also one of the artists from, from Suicide Squad, uh, mm-hmm. which is also very good news, uh, are taking over Nightwing, and that main cover is absolutely gorgeous. Yep. Just the, the big blue, you know, logo on his chest, plain white background, but the city's inside the logo. Oh, it's it's wonderful. Uh, he is excited. Yeah, he got a new font as well. Actually, now I'm looking at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Nightwing is back, and his drive to keep Bloodhaven safe has never been stronger. But his adopted city has elected a new mayor with the last name Zuko. Oh boy! Uh, when Nightwing and Liz Batgirls help to investigate the politician bearing the same name as the man who murdered his parents, she unearths details that will shock and fundamentally change the hero. Uh, so yeah, Babs is going to be a part of this book. She's going to be a supporting character in Nightwing. And honestly, yeah, uh, give me it. Give me all this. So Taylor brought up, he goes, yeah, I've killed him twice before, but I think he's safe. That was what I was getting from. And I was like, oh no, is he teasing that we're going to go three for three? Oh, I better not. Uh, um, yeah, right. But I, I do love that Taylor could poke fun at us fans. And Taylor loves that. the history of DC. So I think, you know, regardless of what he's allowed to do or what the plans are, yeah. I think his heart will be in the right place with the, the Dick and Babs like, oh, interactions and their seen, relationship. And just the, that Alfred Father's Day story, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that he did. There's just, there's a care to it. Uh, someone was like, please tell me you're writing Justice League before all the news came out because he yeah. was teasing. And he said, not yet. So, again, <laughs> like, there's there's stuff. 
it's inevitable. Not necessarily that's confirmation, uh, right? But maybe one day was the the context. So. Honestly, I mean, I, I wasn't really thinking about it beforehand, but really thinking about it now, this is probably one of the dream characters to put Taylor on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is this is nothing but a win. This is a regular four dollar book yep. for the record. No backup it's, on this one. So you know, again, sound like a broken record going through my books that Nightwing just stops at yeah. a certain point. And it makes me sad. Start, it stops at issue fifty. It stops at issue fifty, and then it'll start yep. again at seventy-eight. That, that's yep. what's going to happen. Because <laughs> I, you know, moving stuff around, looking, I was just like, man, this makes me Chill. sad. It doesn't sound so bad when you put it that way. It was twenty-eight issues of a gap. That doesn't sound that bad, but it's like over two years. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yep. um, ah, uh, well, because uh, it did stop double shipping before that change happened. For the record, yep. Uh, yep. Before anyone corrects me. Uh, Wonder Woman 770, $5 book for the backup. Mm-hmm. Becky Clooney and Michael W. Conrad writing, uh, Travis Moore on the art. Backup's Jordi Belair. Like, yep, looks like I'm getting uh, Wonder Woman again because this cover is exactly my. When I say get it again, I mean physically. Yes. This is why I have issues buying stuff. Um, but yeah. Come I, mean, on. You, I mean, you buy comics, you have issues. Yes, literally. Yes, I do. A lot of issues. <laughs> <laughs> 30 boxes of so issues. Let me, let me read this, because this is uh, obviously interesting. What is happening? That is literally the first sentence of this. Uh, actually, it's the first three sentences, because it's all separate uh, sentences right. for each word. Uh, Wonder Woman just woke up in the middle of a battle with rampaging hordes of mythological beasts bearing down on her. Not even the princess of the Amazons can survive such an assault, but that's okay. It's just another day in Valhalla. Oh, God. Matt's in heaven. Or Valhalla, I suppose what I might say. Yeah. The warriors here spend their days fighting and their nights drinking. And if they die in combat, they'll be resurrected in time for the party. Strange, tough, that no one seems surprised to see Wonder Woman in this crowd. It's up to Diana to figure out why things or where things are going wrong uh, in the sphere of the gods and whether it has anything to do with what landed her in the, in the Norse afterlife. So yeah, they're doing Wonder Woman as Thor uh, in a lot of ways here. Uh, it's Wonder Woman in the Viking stuff, and with her being uh, yeah. like almost ascending to the sphere of the gods in the multiverse, tells me that she's key to whatever ends in death metal. And I'm wondering yeah. if this is something that's which isn't kind of su- left over from generations, which right? isn't where... surprising given like where issue six is ending and everything's no, been right. bound to. But yeah. Right, but like when we, you know, the the Snyder story of Wonder Woman being the first, you know, uh, superhero to come yeah. out. It, it definitely sounds yeah. like Wonder Woman for six months, a year, maybe a bit more, is mm-hmm. going to be away from everyone else. She's going to be on yep. her own uh, in the sphere of the gods, whatever. Yes. Uh, the backup yeah. story, uh, you may know her as Wonder Woman, but once upon a time, she was just Diana of Themyscira, a young girl struggling through her adolescence on the shores of a mysterious island, brought to you by Eisner award-winning Jordi Belair and fan-favorite artist Paul uh, Ganacho. I'm going to say that, or Ganacho. Sure. Yes, whatever. Uh, So, yeah, so it's just a young Diana story as the backup, which, you know, uh, it's maybe less adventurous than some of the other backups where they're doing other characters, but, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that is Wonder Woman 770. Um, I will mention here Sensational Wonder Woman issue 1, which I was excited about when I saw it, because I thought, oh, they're finally doing a second Wonder Woman book. They're, they're doing the, the detective action style Wonder Woman book. They're not really. It's just a collection of a digital first that's already coming out digitally first. So uh, so less exciting than it was. It's Stephanie Phillips. Uh, with, uh, oh, is that Dr. Psycho? 
I mean, that's that, cool. That, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize this was a digital first. Uh, that yeah. just, I'm sure people saw my face drop because <laughs> I thought the same thing. Yeah. Like, I, finally. I, yeah, I thought finally oh. they're doing the second Wonder Woman book. They're doing, because it's not quite Sensation Comics, but the name is Sensational Wonder Woman issue one. Right. So it's like, oh, that's this is their spiritual successor to that title. And no, it's not. Well, it kind of is, but uh, in a different <laughs> way. Um, so... I mean, that's something it won't be good, of course. It just means that uh, yeah. it's maybe less of a priority uh, for us. So, unfortunately, they've put a couple of graphic novels before I get to uh, the other books. Because we got uh, American Vampire 1976, issue 6. We got Batman Black yeah. and White, issue 4. I'm speeding through some of these ones because uh, they're less yeah. uh, interesting. Uh, Batman Catwoman, issue 4, of course, is very relevant. Uh, and we'll be definitely digging into that come the, uh, the month. So, this is the first time I'm seeing this one. Just the, the, the text. The Joker's hit a bomb in Gotham, and all I can think of is Connor <laughs> from that issue of Batman being upset that the art didn't match properly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Batman the White Knight Presents Harley Quinn issue 6 is coming out. Uh, Batman V's Raz al Ghul issue 5, <laughs> which is a Neil Adams one. Uh, the Dreaming... Yes, yeah, the Dreaming Waking Hours issue 8. Green Lantern season 2 issue 12. Just all these other... You know, all these non-main continuity books continuing. Oh... Uh, Joker Harley Criminal Sanity issue 8 uh, Louis Tunes 259 Mad Magazine 19 uh, I'm going still because there is more relevant books. Mad Bat issue 2 for example is relevant. This is the 5 issue mini uh, so that's uh, continuing The Other History of the DC Universe issue 3 mm-hmm. is out in March so that's cool um, Rorschach issue 6 is out in March mm-hmm. more on issue 2 or issue 3 rather later Yeah. Strange Adventures issue 9 so I guess it's your black label and, and such section. Uh, Sweet Tooth, The Return, Issue 5. Uh, Triton Justice, Issue 2, which is DC's anthology by Brandon Easton and uh, yeah, Naoi Lindsay on this particular issue, at least. Um, I, have to, I don't remember this in the last list. I don't remember Issue 1. And I didn't look at the last list. So yeah, because you weren't here. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, but hey, there you go. That's March losses. Um, yep. We spent a lot of time on that because I think it was worth going through that one in a bit more detail. But uh, the, the key thing is here, there is a lot less individual books to buy. Some of them are a bit bigger and pricier, but there is a lot less to actually buy week to week. When I, when I actually looked at, like, at the week, week by week breakdown, like I think the busiest week is like seven books. And I don't mean for us. I mean total. Out of DC's mainline continuity. Right. And black label stuff. There's like seven or eight books total for like also, the busiest week. Yeah. Also, I noticed no Legion, so I might be able to pack up that box sooner than I thought. Yeah, Ben, this is doing a Legion Future State thing, unless that's like the ending of his run. Which yeah, maybe it is. I'm thinking maybe. Um, which has Rosmo art, which I could probably just yeah, like let's be honest. Um, but yeah, so interesting. No, yeah, it's uh. Be a curious time. It's it's nice to have a little bit of excitement and sort of go into a new phase mm-hmm. and be like, okay, what are they doing now? What's happening? Uh, yeah. Whereas, and obviously, there's, there's a lot of characters who, yeah, I, I did wish had some sort of books. You know, I wish there was a good Batgirl book. I wish there was. You know, I I, I thought there would be something with Supergirl because she had that. She has that two issue mini in Future yeah, State. But like you said, they might be holding off on some announcements. They might so be waiting yeah. to see how this goes. Could be, you know, a, like, could be a wave two. They could be backup stories that start in the next, you know, 
mm-hmm. couple of months after this all launches. It's honestly hard to say. Um, it, I will say, though, if these backups let them rotate in and out some of these smaller characters that don't get their full own books anymore, so that they, mm-hmm. they, you know, they're consistently coming back every six to eight months, and we're never, like, forgetting them for too long, that would be nice uh, for a lot yeah. of those characters, so... Uh. That's cool. Uh, your mic's going, I think, Matt, actually. I just I had, the, had the briefest of clicks there. Uh, so there you go. That is the solicits for March. It is an uh, interesting time, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, be sure to let us know what you think of the, the, the new strategy uh, with the books. Um, so, I mean, I will say this, because I was looking at uh, January, February. January, February is a very expensive couple of months, but March brings it right back down, like, yeah. comparatively. When I, when I actually compared the numbers... Like March is much, much, much uh, lower. So, mm-hmm. um, how long that'll last? Uh, how it'll work? We'll see. But you know, there there is some things to be happier about. I, yeah, I definitely think that they are that DC is adjusting really well, and that's something that they've done well uh, since I would say New Fifty Two. Because New Fifty Two, they were real dead set on having fifty two titles all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I would say since Rebirth. They're really good at adjusting on the fly and the whole black label. Remember when we thought black label was going away and it just kind of changed what the designation was. So seeing them do this with a little bit more anthologies or getting rid of the double shipping and bringing in, you know, backups. That's real smart, you know? Yeah. uh, Yeah. I I think it's something like 30 something titles total and that's including Mm -hmm. like black label and stuff. So yeah, we'll see how this works for them. I, I think, because I think it's really easy to be mad. See, if you just read a couple of books and you're mad that they're going from forty five dollars, uh, mm-hmm. I get why at face value that seems really bad at first. But I think if you're more like us and you're buying like a, a pile of books every week mm-hmm. and you're looking at the totals, it's actually much less come March. So, uh, admittedly, maybe you're getting not as much for your money as you did before. I'd have to sit down and really right. weigh that up, but. <laughs> At the very least, uh, there is some benefits. So, we'll see. We'll see. Dark Knight's Death Metal Issue 6. Scott Snyder writing with Greg Capullo on the art. The penultimate issue in our Mm -hmm. anti-crisis. Which is kind of a lower-key issue in that it's just really the the big sort of battle building up to the actual real final battle. (laughs) Yeah, they're kind of binding things together. Yeah. Um, And... uh, so it's weird because I was really in on death metal when it started this week, though, I was much more excited for endless winter just because almost of a, it's more of a simple story. It's not this big sprawling epic. Yeah. I, you know, with moving pieces and that's not any, uh, I'm not trying to be down on the quality because quality is still there with Snyder and Capullo and mm-hmm. it has really good character moments and it's just, it's a lot. <clears throat> I think um, it's part of that. I think it's also because Endless Winter is moving at such a nice pace and it's going to be done in a couple that, of weeks. This, you know, because this is issue six, issue seven mm-hmm. is the final issue, you know that the real ending is not coming until next month. So it's harder right. to be as excited for this particular issue of Death Metal because right. you know you're so close to the real big payoff moments. Mm-hmm. And there was a chance that the final page of this might have some big cliffhanger. And I wouldn't say it is, because it's basically just Wonder Woman's ready to fight. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That's your cliffhanger. Well, and what she does, which I think is cool, and I, you know, just to spoil it here, is that she goes to the forge and forges almost herself with her lasso 
the golden perfect mm-hmm. into a weapon to fight the, the darkest night. Um, which I think is really cool. Cause how do you fight the Batman who laughs? And that's with truth. And so it's a really nice, you know, layer that Snyder's added here. You know, how do you take down the bat God is, is the truth. So, you know, so as someone that hates the bat God, even beyond the Batman who laughs. I mean, I, concept, it's I mean, so it is, nice. It, I don't even think it's a new layer, though. I mean, it was already brought up in the last issue that, like, the way they were going to do this was with truth. The idea that, that, that that's what unravels the crisis is if everyone remembers everything. So it's just an extension well, of that. It's, I mean, if anything, I, it, it comes across a little bit just kind of, like, comic book to me that it just devolves into making a suit of armor out of the lasso. Yeah. I, I like it. It's, <laughs> this is the same, you know, when Metal kicked off, there was a, a Justice League Megazord. Oh, you know, no, like, I, I'm not yeah. against the wacky concept. It's just that yeah. as your penultimate cliffhanger, or even mm-hmm. this is your last cliffhanger. This is this is your 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 final cliffhanger. Yeah. Your, your your final issue. I, I don't know if this had quite the bite to it to be like the big surprising hook to like yeah. make me go well, f yeah I'm ready for the final part of the story. I might have forgotten they brought that up in issue four or five, whatever <laughs> which one it was. Just because you know when you don't record weekly. You tend to, to stuff tends to slip. That's um, why it's good to talk about it, Matt, because you we, we yeah, remember right? things a little bit better. Get out of it. Um, but yeah, so I I like that. This was full of some fun characters. I read this so early in the week though that I'm having a hard time. I mean, honestly, piece, but... for, for the most part, all it really is is that all the heroes are fighting all of the the dark evil mm-hmm. versions of Batman and any other evil versions that they've got in this yeah. army. And they're kind of just barely holding their own. And then there's some narration from Sergeant Rock talking about soldiers praying in the trenches and whatnot. Um, meanwhile, Wonder Woman's on her way to the the forge, and Dark Side's there, and she ultimately has the idea to you know use the lasso. Yeah. Uh, honestly, in terms of plot beats, this is probably the lightest issue this entire book. Yeah. There's there's not a whole lot of progression. Obviously, we occasionally go to uh, the Darkest Night fighting Perpetua. And Perpetua trying to like cut a deal with him, and him being like, "Nah, I'm just going to kill you and take your power, and you know, mm-hmm. reign supreme." Blah 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 blah. Uh, and as per usual, like you know, eventually he shows up and like he's got his army, he's finished creating everything, he's got all the energy he needs, darkest possible moment. But that's right when Wonder Woman's like, "No, I've got this idea," and yep. she puts the lasso into the forge so she can remold it into armor, and. Yeah, you've got all the various heroes saying goodbye. You know, one of the, the best moments might be when Batman tries to say something to Superman and he just says, I know, brother. He doesn't, you know, you don't have to say it. We know. Um, mm-hmm. And seeing all the various heroes lined up and whatnot. But yeah, the cliffhanger is just kind of like, yeah, okay, she's coated herself in golden lasso and she's got her chainsaw right. back. All right. <laughs> okay. Yep. Chainsaw of truth. So, but yeah. Um, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. yeah. That, you know Solid issue. Do you know what it is? You I know. think month to month, this is kind of a not a disappointing issue, but just kind no. of a, a typical issue. I think mm-hmm. if you're reading this in trade, this is a really good momentum sort of yeah. like driver from the previous issue to the final one. But mm-hmm. I think reading this monthly, because it doesn't really have a whole lot of progression on its mm-hmm. own, it doesn't feel as exciting as a monthly issue. Yeah. Well, and I feel like the last uh, the the last stories, right, really hit those character moments that otherwise, mm. you know, we could have taken a little bit of time with. You know, so that that did pack a one-two punch. Here yeah, I definitely weeks. preferred that over this main issue, I think, mm-hmm. this month, so, for sure. 
But yeah. Yeah, honestly, this is the quickest metal discussion we've ever had, mm -hmm. I think, because yeah. I, I have nothing left to say about this issue. <laughs> no, it's just, uh, um, I, I need more uh, Star, Star Bro, whatever we're calling him. Like, uh, he, he's a lot of fun. Although he's, 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 he's gosh darn language is too much at yes, times. It, it is. That's about uh, my point, so. But yeah. Yeah, that's okay. All right. And obviously, Capilla's art is uh, yeah, very solid. I mean, just everything that's there. I mean, his... As the there's this one uh, page towards the end that's stacked where they're all talking about one universe. Um, and you have like the Bat family behind Batman, and then the Aqua characters, the Lanterns, and then the Super family. Like mm -hmm. just the way that that flows, like Capullo, and it doesn't all feel like copied. Like they all stand out on their own. Yeah, it's real nice. Yeah, I will say, right, I'm okay with the working with villains in a situation because yeah. it's this dire. But there is no justification for me why Batman would ever stand in the same lineup as Joker. There is not a single justification. I don't care what it is. Joker standing next to the rest of the Bat family fighting by their side is never not going to just not work for me. Now, are we sure it's not a Joker from another universe that survived? I, no, I don't think so, because uh, this was the one that got let out, uh, the, the cell okay. with the, the rest of them. Uh, yeah. well, so I'm pretty sure that's him, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense, but hey, the darkest night's the bigger threat. So yeah, uh, yeah. but you know, all on that, you know, because you, know, you know, I can see Batman working. With, like, I can see Bane coming to an agreement mm -hmm. in a situation like this where yeah. he, he does become well, an ally. Yeah, Bane. Bane was an anti-hero for a minute. Yeah. Like, let's not, let, let's not forget that's, Gale's Secret Six. That's true. But you know? but so. even you know, a, a, any villain with some sort of sense could, could become right. an ally, yeah. or then there's something like this yeah. happening. Definitely. Uh, but Joker so. does not have sense. That's kind of the point. No, point he does not. That's why he's Joker. <laughs> yeah. But Superman standing next to Bizarro, pretty cool. Uh, down mm. on the bottom of that page, I do like that. Yes. Uh, although John maybe looks a bit old. Uh, yeah. As... Well, <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Oh, Doomsday's back there too, and I would say that Doomsday. Doomsday's working. Doesn't to... <laughs> yeah. Doesn't belong there as much as Joker doesn't belong there. Now that I think about it. Yeah, he's just a mainless killing machine. <laughs> Send him after the darkest night, would you? Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, I think you know that this was benefited greatly by that last one shot because I had a lot of context for a lot of these these yeah. Titan-esque characters being in the lineup. But mm -hmm. uh, other than that, this issue is just a fine momentum, like yeah. not builder, just like maintain. It maintains yeah, it's momentum. A, it's almost the appetizer. That said, I'm I'm very excited for the one that's coming out this week, uh, upcoming. Uh, the one shot. That's one shot. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, so all right. Oh, what are you, what are you giving the the book then? I'm going to seven point five. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to give it just a straight seven. I think. I think it does fine what it's doing of keeping the the interest for the next issue, but it doesn't really offer anything on its own to be super exciting. Um, like, I I, I get that they didn't want to overstuff the last issue. And they wanted to have mm -hmm. maybe a bit of a breather before that last issue. But it does kind of feel like, you know what, I'm ready for the big epic final now. And this is, you know, maybe maybe this and the last issue should have just been bundled together as one big super-sized 60-page yeah. beast or something like that. But, but I feel they're tied to those these big events being seven issues now. Like, it's just, mm. uh, it's their number. Well, I think so maybe the more, the more important thing might be the fact that there's these one-shots to come in between that yeah. are set in between that are set, yeah. you know. So that may be, that more, be more why. Uh, but there you go, that's uh, Dark Knight's Death Metal, issue 6. 
Endless Winter does continue though. We go to part four of that yeah. with Aquaman 66. Obviously, this is Andy Lanning and Ron Mars writing. That is true for all this and the next two books. I'll say it every time though, because these do go up separately yes. on YouTube. Uh, Miguel Majonsha is the main artist here with Marco Santucci once again as the, the flashback artist. Mm-hmm. So, um, I have to say, I think this consistent like little flashback at the start of every issue is really giving this a nice uh, through line for all of it yeah. to feel part I of something. I also wouldn't be adverse to them to collecting them as a together, because I would like to just read it together and see how different the story feels. Because uh, I'm going to give, you know, Landing and Mars mm. credit here. Each each little piece of the past mm-hmm. adds to the story in the future as they're parsing it out, almost like breadcrumbs. I feel, yeah, it feels fairly well thought out in that, because obviously... yeah. Now, this is the thing about talking about these individually when I've just read three chapters of this today, mm-hmm. is I, I know where this ends today, so I'm just making sure I'm sticking to this issue right now, which mm-hmm. is basically Hippolyta is the one they're rating, and right. survivors of the of the town, Edwald, the the uh, the Frost mm-hmm. Knight, Frost King, rather. The, the Frost uh, King. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I love the idea of being a Batman Christmas story where he becomes the... Uh, the frosty, frosty night. <laughs> no, the frosty night. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so so this uh, Viking just like try to like keep people safe, uh, and not doing a such a great job. In fact, yeah, this is where this is where Swamp Thing actually dies. This Swamp Thing yep. is is was murdered, uh, trying to hold back, and that that's kind of a cliffhanger for the flashback yeah, in this issue. Which which I do like the fact that it was the frost that killed the green, right? Like. You know, I mean, it was something natural, elemental. Yeah, so it's a true, know, it, it's true to nature that yes, yeah, like an ice right, age would not, kill. It's not just a magical thing, right? Like he was just overpowered. It was, but yeah, and then we get to the the stuff with with Arthur, who's not with the Justice League. Can I just say what I thought was but, so funny about this is that I'm just I just I started reading this as the next part of Endless Winter, and when yeah. I got to this and I saw and I was like. And I saw the, the the bedroom, and I saw it took me a second to realize, oh yeah, this is like the like the all the presents for the baby because they've just had a baby yeah. and, and the marriage and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I turned to the next page, and it's them swimming with little Andy in the water bubble that Mira's yep. making. And I thought, oh yeah, this is an issue of Aquaman. <laughs> like I'd forgotten yeah. it was an issue of Aqu- Aquaman. Just, yeah, <laughs> which and that's another thing I want to give this team credit for is that each each story and each of them it feels like the next chapter, mm-hmm. but it's also nice that each one focuses on a different aspect of the justice league which by the way right. uh aquaman is one of the books that is not in the march solicits so right curious to see mm-hmm. if that even comes back in any way right. or um maybe this yeah. is the final issue that, that this this volume it could be right and um, so i liked it that thus far you know we arthur wasn't there in the first issue was he uh vanless winter yeah was he up in, uh, the, up in greenland oh, i can't I remember. remember but uh, i I like that they mention in when we get to Justice League that mm. Arthur's dealing with stuff in Atlantis because the storm is hitting there too. I want to like say, these... say he might have been just because that's why they specify in this issue that he's missing. Right. Uh, but I, I mean, be... I, I could go back and check, but it's not a big deal yeah. either way. But but anyway, so he, he comes to Atlantis where, you know, these ice dragons and, and monsters are attacking just like they are on the surface. Uh, he comes in... <laughs> With with whales, it, you got narwhals and killer whales, which is just a great image. Uh, art by Mendoncha, which is just really really good. Yeah, no, Mendoncha's art's really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, I like it. His his idea though is to uh, go to uh, what's what's the uh, character name? Uh, Jurek. Uh, Jurek Biss, yeah, one of my Jurek favorite Biss. Atlanteans. 
keeper, uh, keeper of the creatures. But basically, he wants his advice and his like his know-how to get mm-hmm. to the fire trolls that are deeper, closer to the center of the earth. Uh, so this this issue is about him trying to like basically enlist them to come and help because they have the natural ability to heat things up because <laughs> they're fire trolls. Yeah. Uh, which so my favorite, my probably my favorite page of this book is Aquaman swimming down towards the heat and he's he's our hands covering his face and there's the, mm-hmm. the glow of the red coming up the water. Uh, I thought it was really nice. There's a whole yeah. thing here where Mira is is she, he says to Mira to stay behind because they can't endanger both of them at the same time. You know, kind of the the, philo- the philosophy of you know two parents not taking a plane at the same time or not taking the same plane. Right. The idea that right. one of them will survive if there's a crash to look after mm-hmm. the kid. Uh, but Mira shows up and says, "No, like, you'll survive. Your your chance of survival is way better if I'm here to actually help you out." And turns out it need to happen. In fact, the only reason why the fire trolls mm-hmm. agree to help is because they're so impressed with Mira. Because they've never seen anyone use their aquakinesis like right. this. That they're like, oh, hydrokinesis, not aquakinesis. But anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> same difference. Um, so that impresses them. So we get a g- gorgeous page of them being led to charge with Aquaman yep. and Mira on seahorses as this army of fire trolls are running behind them. Yep. Uh, and to which the, the Frost King is looking. He's in the heart of the storm. Searching yes. for for someone who we, we can kind of guess based off of the last, how the last one ended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so and that, that, that gets picked up in the next one. So we won't speculate because we'll talk about that in a minute. But right. uh, yeah, as a, as a chapter again, much like the last issue, much like the other ones we're going to get to today, it, it does very much feel like it focuses on Aquaman, but does drive mm-hmm. the overall story and the flashback yep. story forward. Um, so yeah, well, the creative teams are doing a really good job, and I feel like they're also playing to the artist. Uh, strength here too because mm. you know Madoncha here gets to draw the sea creatures the fire trolls look unique you know like they're not like yeah they're all similar but they stand out enough that they they look different uh, I just I like Madoncha's Arthur and Mara and seeing all these characters in Atlantis again it was real nice drawn by him so yeah. It's just very clean and smooth. I mean, this issue went in super quick, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I end already? And obviously, the, the the comfort of the end of this is, like, oh, I've got mm-hmm. two more to read today anyway, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, well, so I read this before bed last night, and I mm-hmm. couldn't remember how it ended because it's so abrupt. Like, I was like, I feel like I'm missing. So before I started reading Justice League this morning, I, I was like, oh, yeah, that's just how it ended. Like, yeah. Felt like there was a little thing missing. And again, but, I, I think it's because they know this was coming out the same days, the next mm-hmm. two parts, so they, they didn't have to give it as much of a cliffhanger as they normally would have. Uh, so, you know, but yeah, I think the art in this issue is particularly good. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, I, I like how it is like tackling from all these different corners of the universe to like set up how different parts of Earth are dealing with this. And yep. uh, so, because I'm assuming this this fire troll army will become very important in a couple of issues time, Later. perhaps. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that was Aquaman 66. Uh, what are you giving this particular issue on its own? I'm going to give this one an 8. An 8. Yeah, I was, just, I was going to give it a 0.5, but uh, an 8, I think it's fair. The art is really, but the story, they're doing a really good job at showcasing the Endless Runner story and, you know, making this like, it still feels like an issue of Aquaman, right? Yeah. It's very focused on him. Yeah, so, I will probably just echo that and give it the 8. I'm having a lot of fun with this. Uh... Yep. That's a this you know this event this crossover for for December. Justice League fifty eight is Endless Winter Part Five. Uh, Andy Lanning and Ron Mars writing once more. Zermanico is the main art in the book because he's been doing Justice League anyway. 
along with Marcus mm-hmm. Santucci, once again doing the, the flashback art at the start of the issue. So, uh, obviously, art was probably going to be great <laughs> in this one, because it's Zermanico. And it's Zermanico. Man, enough. the one-two punch of Santucci in the beginning and then going mm-hmm. into Zermanico, like, what did I do to deserve this? This is fantastic. Yeah, I actually think this is going to be really well intrigued. Every time it comes back to one of these flashbacks, it feels like it's nicely paced throughout the story yep. as a whole. Uh, so basically, they've got a bunch of refugees and, you know, they're trying to, like, you know, secure them in this city, put up walls. Black yep. Adam stayed behind to fight the Frost King. And it, he's such a jerk. I know. He shows up Black Adam. and he throws, like, you know, a hand that he's ripped off of one of the ice monsters uh-huh. over his shoulder or whatever. Uh, but basically, he says, "No, no. I uh, basically put some thought into, like, you know, wh- wh- you know who he was. I-, I asked some of the other refugees from the from the-, the town, like, who he is, and discovered that he has a family. So I left his wife and children there to distract him because it might, like, you know, break through to the human emotional part of him. But he that so like that's like putting the conductor of the runaway train's family in front of the train, just in case he'll figure out before it hits them. Yeah, I." absolute madness and it's funny i love yeah. the smirk on his face as he says i did huh? what was necessary because it's when they call him a monster oh you know frost king's right. not the only monster out there. he's like i did what was necessary he's just sort of smirking but hippolyta and the viking prince run off to mm-hmm. try and save the family go save him because <laughs> why Which, wouldn't they uh, I, uh this led me to do a little bit of research about viking prince and just basically they summed it up perfectly here that something has happened to viking prince that odin has cursed him that he can never enter Valhalla, hmm. right? So he's kind of immune to all weapons, which is a nice little take uh, on uh, on here, why he's being able to hold his own against these these ice creatures and stuff. Um, and maybe that has something to do with Wonder Woman going forward now, right? She's in Valhalla. Uh, and very possibly. We have, we have Hippolyta there and, and all this stuff. But yeah, just could, <laughs> could it... such a jerk. Could it be there's enough planning right now that there's actually seeds being sown for things that aren't yeah. directly connected to it uh, from the yeah, get go? Maybe could could be a thing. Um, but yeah, so they get there and they're actually they stop because they realize that it's actually kind of working. Like the Frost King's slowing mm-hmm. down, and it seems like he's recognizing his family. And just as maybe he's about to be broken through to that, he, he's going to find his humanity. Black Adam <laughs> flies in and punches them and stops it from happening and that's the cliffhanger for the flashback here so we'll leave yeah. that there but he punch, punches him into a glacier it's, it's kind of a a darkly funny ending i i yes. laughed a little bit at the end of that mm-hmm. i'm not gonna lie uh so we come back to present day of course uh and it mentions it's, it's john stewart narrating because he's the, the main character here in this justice league issue yep. um but he mentions that all the justice league are all split up doing various things around the world um, and he's helping a family try to find uh, their their father uh, slash husband. Right. Uh, so he works in a factory. Um, a Star Labs factory, I think, specifically. Yeah, Star Labs factory. Yeah. And when all this happened, they got separated, so the mom's leaving the children. So he goes and finds finds the dad, which is real nice. Yeah, and and of, anyone else who's left it. I, I like this, the small right. Christmassy touch. He makes a sleigh with reindeer and uh, his yeah, construct. Yeah, which is real cool. And, and he surrounded the Central Train Depot in Michigan with... Uh, with his energy but what's cool is because he's an architect mm-hmm. he realizes that this building is real strong to hold up to the elements right so even without his protection this is a good place for people to be which is a nice a nice touch for john stewart um and again ron mars and landing really really leaning in on the character 
aspects here. Yeah, well, it's, because it's a Justice League issue, and we knew that obviously the main chapter at the start and the end were the whole Justice League. I was wondering mm-hmm. like who this would focus on. And it's it's kind of right. nice that it focuses on John Stewart rather than some of the other mm-hmm. characters. Uh, right. Detective Chimps at the Hall of Justice, and he's just kind of like watching the mm-hmm. the screens and keeping a keeping an eye on everything. Um, but it's not not long until you know because Black Adam and the, uh, the 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 various villains and antiheroes that he's assembled yeah. in Kandak are fighting off Frost monsters. But it's not long before the Frost King seemingly has arrived at the Hall of Justice. Turns out later, yeah. of course, to not really be him. It's just an ice no. construct of the Frost King. But, which, which, yeah, which, again, when you look at the art in the last issue, how life, like, how full of life it is compared to this one, where he looks like one of the ice monsters, but it's a nice touch. Yeah. You know, so if you read these back to back, you kind of get the vibe, like, oh, yeah, that's not really him. Um, yeah, still. I like the small touch that the constructs that John makes to, like, shovel mm-hmm. the ice monsters that are around him uh, mm-hmm. are giant green snowmen. Uh, yep. Neat touch. Uh, but it's not long before the Justice League show up. Uh, the team show up, yep. minus Aquaman, but uh, Wonder Woman, Superman, mm-hmm. Batman, and Flash all show up. Uh, you you want to guess what my favorite line in this whole issue was? Oh, was this about Barry saying that uh, uh-huh. we all get here quickly as long as someone picks long- up Batman? <laughs> By somebody, I mean me. I took a Batman. Again, That that's a very Wally West, Justice League Unlimited mm-hmm. vibe, but I'll allow it for now because I did enjoy that so much. Yeah, so... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, some very nice art here. The battle's good. There's a there's a moment where uh, John actually act, has a giant green axe and sort of slices mm-hmm. the, the the fake Frost King in yep. two. Very pretty stuff. Um, Chimp feeling a little bit out of place at the Justice League round table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the rest of them are debating what to do yep. <laughs> with what's going on. Um, and then the final page of the issue is uh, Frost King saying, "I found them." And we see a panel of, you know, the, the, the people that we saw frozen in ice from, a, you know, last week's issues, mm-hmm. uh, seemingly confirming that this is the family, which you which was your right. guess uh, at the time. So, uh, you know, yeah, neat ongoing stuff. I, I like how, you know, it was just a, the page at the end of the last issue of, of Aquaman that was that we just talked about. And then mm-hmm. a page at the end of this one is just, you know, oh, because we're getting these in the same day and because they're coming weekly in chunks, it's actually okay to pace these reveals like this, where you're just getting one page at the end, sort of furthering his search for someone. Oh, he's someone's the family, which was the you know the teaser at the end of the last week's right. last issue. It, it's very neatly kind of just progressing at a very enjoyable pace. Uh, so definitely uh, a key detail. Um, also, uh, just a, yeah, key, a key detail that uh, was mentioned throughout this is that the ace monsters do seem to be, and this is probably tied into him looking for his family. Uh, mm-hmm. seem to be attacking various labs, Star Labs, Stag Industries, other places like that. And of course, we know it's Stag that has them. So that right. makes some sense. And that's what I was just going to point out, too, is that it, there's a, a method to... Because uh, uh, Detective Chimp and John put together that they're attacking all these scientific facilities, you know, and that it, it can't just be random. Uh, so that was a nice little seed there. Uh, mm-hmm. But no, this is... A, one of my favorite, like, I don't want to call it an event, but like a crossover story that I've read in a, in a little while. Um, it's just, a, it feels nice to read. And I think part of that is because it is just this one team of writers mm-hmm. who are writing the whole thing. Yeah. So it's, there's, a very, there's a very strong consistency to it throughout mm-hmm. all the parts. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, the art is very good. The, the, the fighting with the, the Frost monsters and uh, John gets some big moments. Some of these constructs are a lot of fun. Uh, and the flashback arts mm-hmm. has been consistent throughout all the books. 
Uh, what are you giving Justice League? So I'm going to give this one an 8.5. I'm just going to stick to the solid eight, I think. I think that, that kind of sums up my feelings yeah, on this I, crossover I also as a whole. Really, yeah, I really deserve Manacle art in this one. Um, just his layouts just are really good. Like when they fight the, the Frost King, the, I love the way that he breaks up the panels, but it's all part of one image almost. Like just to, the way that he does it. And he does that a lot in the stuff mm-hmm. that I like. So yeah, Zermanico really put it over the top. I'm also, I'm okay with Chimp being featured prominently recently between Metal yeah. and then this and yeah, you know, whatever. So It's like they forgot they had this really fun character that can comment on things uh, until, you know, yeah. 2019. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Teen Titans Endless Winter Special Issue 1. This is part six of Endless mm-hmm. Winter. Uh, Andy Lyon, Ron Mars, once again writing with Jesus Marino on the main art, Marcus Santucci, once again on the flashback art at the start of the issue. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so this is where we're finally getting to the actual cliffhangers of the week, both for the flashback mm-hmm. and the main story. So, the flashback, uh, which continues straight from where, where Justice League left it, which is. Black Adam's just flown into the, the Frost King and ruined any chance of the humanity and him stopping his rampage. Yep. Uh, basically ensuring that he was going to, you know, rain hell upon the earth with a, a blizzard and endless winter and all the rest of it. Uh, he basically vows as much. He's like, my wife and children, you know, because you see yep. them kind of falling down. A, but in the last issue, this wasn't just like, you see them kind of falling into a glacier, essentially. Yep. Uh so they get frozen in time like Captain America. <laughs> yes. Basically. A state of suspended animation. Uh, but, yes. So, I uh, saw so this, so this is this issue. Sorry, the glacier is this issue. Uh, it's a few pages the glaciers, in. But, yeah. but, yeah, so they fall in there. But that's, uh, I feel like uh, Black Adam, as he punched him into the glacier, mm-hmm. is what made that crack open up. And That sounds you know. vaguely right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, reading three of them back to back, like this is why I got confused there and thought that was the last issue. But hey, uh, yeah. so that's the cliffhanger. This is the, the family falling into the crevice and presumably being frozen for where they're going to be found later. So very interesting. Um, but we go to Titans Tower, and this is maybe the, the most interesting one for us so far in the sense that we haven't been reading the Teen Titans book that was on going. No. Uh, we don't really know much about these newer characters. Obviously, we know Wallace. We know a couple of the characters, but. Well, you have, you have Emmy there, right? Yeah. Uh, but, you yeah. know, Wallace. But then these two other ones that I'm not... Yeah, Roundhouse. Uh, and Roundhouse. Yeah, and the Zarnian, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it, yeah, it's just uh, kind of weird. But they're, they're basically just feeding people who are they're keeping help. They're, you know, they're, they're helping people out who are stranded in the cold at Titanus Tower. Uh, Donna, Troy, and Beast Boy show up, which I do really like. Partly because it gives me a couple of characters that I really like to sort of be a, a conduit in this story for me to latch on to uh, a mm-hmm. bit more. Um, but also because it's maybe setting up some of that teacher-student dynamic that we're going to get. Because they even mentioned there's, in it, you know, there's the idea of a school has already been brought up. So uh, that's yeah. kind of, that, that seed's been planted, which is very nice. Um, and Dora's like, no, you're doing a lot of good here. You don't have to be out fighting to be doing something good. But then, like... I think it's Roundhouse it's like, hey, there's a situation on a bridge that's like just really near here and we could yeah. go and help the with Brooklyn that. The Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah, because yeah, I guess Titan Towers is in New York now. There's another one yes. uh, in one of the rivers. And so he's like, hey, there's there's trouble going there. Maybe we can go respond. And it kind of gets them to scratch that itch. So they all go out, you know, we have yeah. nice Titans together. Which So I had to look up Roundhouse because I'm not sure what his power set is. It, it, it looks that... flame ball related. <laughs> yeah, so apparently his his powers are metamorphosis. 
Okay. As, as long as it's a sphere, so he can fall, ball of fire, ice, iron. He can shrink. He has superhuman speed while he's in a ball. Well, the fire is uh, obviously very relevant right now. Uh, right, which is which is real cool. So, um, so they get to go out there, and you know, you have you have Beast Boy and and Donna leading them out there, um, and they find like this spherical, like almost like a medicine ball type deal with spikes on it, uh, and he breaks it open, and there's a a girl in there. Yeah. Yeah, this character so, named Summer, who I presume is going to be one of the students at the new academy when we get going. That's what I'm, I'm thinking. Yeah, uh, it turns out she has ice powers. She can literally mm-hmm. blast ice at people and stuff. Uh, she was on her way to Titan's Tower because she heard it was a, a safe yep. place. And then, you know, this happened to her on, on the way. So the Endless Winter kind of awakened these powers, right? That's how you read it too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, the, 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 yeah, the frost thing's attacking her or whatever, you know. Um, but she, you know, she she freezes the cup in front of them, and she's she's she, she in the little quick flashback we get, she's firing frost at things. So it seems like a neat way of interesting this character who is you know because because even there's even a moment here when when Flash and the Cyborg show up with uh, Starfire, um, yep. you know he even says, "Oh, is this one of your your students?" And she's like, "No, I'm just Summer." Uh, but it's kind of like okay, so she probably is going to be a new student. <laughs> we're we're really well, good doing this part. They definitely did a good job at seeding the Titans Academy. Yeah, right. Uh, I, I'm done with that. I also, I dig that uh, Donna's got a like a, a winter top <laughs> over her costume. She's yeah. got she's got some winter uh, wear. Uh, I will say Wallace, and this was a problem I had in the main flashbook the last couple of times he popped mm-hmm. up, but he's had this attitude problem with Barry for a while. It's been kind of annoying to read, and it's still kind of there. Yeah. Which I mean, if nothing else, I'll say they're being consistent with him. <laughs> like, I mean, it's definitely a consistent. Yeah, but thing. like where where I left off on Flash when Williamson was done, they they were good, right? I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, no, because you have the whole stuff with Iris and then Jay, and they yeah. have the, the barbecue. Because he's because uh, you know? he, he's very pissy here about oh I don't need to be checked up on kind of attitude. Right. Uh, yeah, it's like all right, all right, calm yourself. Um. But uh, interestingly, Donna just happens to mention here that all of this is a bit weird because it sounds very similar to a a bedtime story that Hippolyta used to tell uh, about this endless winter and this this you know this this mini big bad mini in the center of it. And mm-hmm. Flash is like, hmm, maybe we should look into this. Maybe maybe you should take me there. So uh, the end of this the issue is is Donna uh, with Cyborg's help, of course, because he can do some boom yep. tubes. Uh, T- takes Barry to Themyscira uh, so that he can talk to Hippolyta. So there's just them landing there and him being like, please don't kill me because they all get their spears out. Uh, so, yes. And are they are, notably, you, are, notably, they are all fighting frost monsters on Themyscira as well. That's a problem yes. there too. Yeah. I I do love that uh, Cyborg is still just, you know, boom tuber. <laughs> right. Like, you know... Uh, but so yeah, it was nice seeing uh, Starfire there though, like, because that that ties it into the the her being a teacher there, yeah. X Men style. So her coming back with with Barry, um, just to to check, like that was that was nice. And then them showing up on Themyscira. So I'm excited to see where the next chapter goes and in, in Dark. So. No, yeah, I I think. That this in some ways could slightly be the weakest issue, just because I'm not as invested in some of these these characters well, from Teen Titans. That and and the art's fine. I, I usually like Jesus Marino. Uh, the the coloring seems off compared to some of the other 
Like it just it has a different feel to it mm-hmm. uh, than than the last two did. And I mean, the art's still fine, but it, it does stand out when you read them back to back. So, um, but yeah, like you said, I'm not as invested in this Titans team, but I do, you know, I do like that the lesson they were teaching them too is like you can help by not being on the front lines. Yeah. Like you can help the people that need help. That, that was nice. Yeah, uh, I like the teasing of the Academy. I like this new character of Summer. I mean, we don't know a lot about her yet, but I think interesting a character like this that we can then pick up on in one of the books afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that as a piece of ongoing storytelling. Um, anyway, I like kind of the, the again the, the the teacher dynamic of having some of the, these new Teen mm-hmm. Titans. You know, there's a couple there to begin with, and then Cyborg and Corey show up later. Uh, it feels like they're really seeding some of that stuff. So it feels like it has a purpose beyond just advancing the plot of Endless Winter a little bit, which is nice. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, yep. But yeah, the art is probably the weakest. Yeah, of the three this week in terms of the main art, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, by no means bad. So, no. uh, what are you giving Teen Titans Endless Winter Special issue one? I'm gonna give this one a seven point five. Yeah, I'll probably just go with a straight seven. I think. Um, but there, there is stuff on there I, I quite like about it. So yeah, uh, it's still good. Like I'm still having a lot of fun with it. Yeah. So no, yeah, good, good week. Uh, so there's three parts this week. Uh, the next two are next week, and then the mm-hmm. final part nine is the in the fifth week. So. Uh, so next week is part seven and eight, and part nine is on week, is on week five. Mm-hmm. So very good. Um, Batman one hundred five, James Tynan the fourth, Christian Deuce, Alvaro Martinez, and Carlo Pugilino on art. Too many artists. Let's just get that out of the way. <sighs> there's that. There's the abrupt ending that mm-hmm. I did not enjoy. Like I hate to just jump to the ending, but. We have all of this build up with Ghostmaker and how he's a threat to Batman and their their philosophies are so different. And then they just team up at the end. Mm-hmm. Um also I, oh actually there's a fourth artist, Danny Mickey is also there. Oh, okay. So there you go. Um, um although it doesn't mention oh, it doesn't mention inkers. It doesn't mention any inkers, so maybe some of them are just thinking. I mean I, yeah. anyway, maybe. either way. Uh yeah, the whole Ghostmaker thing's been kind of weird. Um, clearly, Tynan's got some interesting ideas planned for him sticking around, which is kind of where we end up at the end of the issue, is that he's going to stick around and try and do things Batman's way and help him in the city. Mm-hmm. Because Batman essentially kind of challenges him, like, hey, how about you prove that it can be done? You know, Because he's always right. been someone who's been sort of having a pissing contest with each other. So, Well, and I just, I hate his logic for... I want to do it just to do it. And he looks down at Batman, who's actually wanting to make Gotham a better place. For Ghostmaker, it comes down to, it's almost like it's just a sport. And I don't know if that justification is enough to make him so aggressively telling Batman that he's wrong. You know? Yeah, I mean, the whole thing here is that Batman's like, you know what? I like the idea of you being around to kind of call me out on my bullshit because Alfred's not here anymore, and I kind of need that. Yeah. But the, obviously, the one rule is you do not kill in my city. That that you just right. you don't cross that line. So, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm interested to see what the dynamic is maybe going forward. Now, mm-hmm. I hate how he was retconned into the backstory, though. I absolutely despise it with every fiber of my being. Yeah. Well, I just he's Batman with swords. That's basically the difference. <laughs> Like and a different attitude, obviously. Well, yeah, but like ultimately, we know his name starts with a K, because at the beginning we see him, mm. you know, 
don't call me by my name. My name's Ghostmaker. So I do, I do like the difference between like Batman having come to terms with it. He is Bruce. He's not just Batman all the time. Mm. Versus Ghostmaker, who that's his only identity. His, his, like the his name conversation is there. Kamartha. That's his name. Kamartha. Uh, that's what his name makes is. sense. Uh, I did uh, actually quite enjoy uh, Harley the, talking Clown Hunter down, which is kind of the, the centerpiece of the that's issue. The highlight, which is Batman frees her, uh, so she's able to get up and not be killed. And Harley basically tells Batman to stand back, and she goes in and just tries to talk and basically apologize for any part she played yeah. in the death of his parents, and that she's trying to do better, and that she is a therapist, and she tries to, you know, it, 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 it works. She, she she makes a point of asking Batman his name. Uh, and I like that, you know, because the text for Clown Hunter has always been different. His, like, his lettering's always had this lowercase kind yeah. of wackiness to it. And not over the top, it's still easy to read, but um, right. I like, you know, when he says, because when she asks his name to Batman, because she, she says uh, Bo as in B-O-W, and then right. I was like, no, it's not, it's Bo. And he's just like, Clown Hunter, I'm Clown Hunter. Like, I think the lettering and the art did a really good job here. Of telling it, me that he's trying to convince himself right. as she says that, and I, I think it, it got across the as much as I'll critique that there's too many artists on this book right now, and I don't know if it's just because they they had to try and make sure all these issues get out before Future State right. kicked in, right? But uh, so there's, there was maybe this rush to the finish line and yada yada yada. I do think the art in that panel does a really good job of telling me and giving me a sense of his mood, his tone, how he's feeling in the moment. I can imagine him quivering as he's saying that line, mm-hmm. as he's trying to convince himself. It's almost like a murmur. Yeah. Right? But yeah. she talks about how Joker kind of, like, you know, manipulated her and got into her underskin and, and so on and so on. Um, But she basically says, yeah, if you want to kill me right now, I deserve it. You can do it. Um, And mm-hmm. it has to be your choice. And... You know, it, it does the almost the tropey thing of like him swinging the knife, but then the next page, he's you know he's he's not hot hurry, he's just stabbed the the, the the table, and he's like leave me alone, and goes off. Um, right. And that's been going. But I, and I that's another thing. But so that whole section with Harley talking him down and going through and being like, look, I I can only apologize so much because I can't excuse myself for being around Joker. Like that was all stuff I did, you know. Uh, but the fact that like Ghostmaker had set up a, almost a trap that Clown Hunter was supposed to kill Harley, so then he could kill Clown Hunter to teach Bruce a lesson about <laughs> not caring about people. And like in a way, like it seems super convoluted, but I think that's the best like boiled down version of the difference hey, between Ghostmaker as, as and far as Batman. as far as villain plans and comic books mm-hmm. go. It's not that bad in terms of convolution. No. In ter- and because yeah. sometimes we have to like accept some serious hoop jumping mm-hmm. that the villains right. plan, like so many things have to fall in place. At the very least mm-hmm. here, they've clearly set up that Clown Hunter wants to kill Harley. So if, if Ghostmaker's going to put him in a room with Harley and Harley's tied down, right. he's going to kill her. It was a fair, right. fair, you know, assumption on his part. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll accept that. I'll accept that part of yeah, it. Yeah. So I like that. And then it's just the whole fight with Batman, which... I'm always a fan of Batman, just the cowl, like the, the Ra's al Ghul mm-hmm. kind of look. He's got the cowl on, the bear shirt. Like, it's, it is a cool look, but just a sword fight that amounts to nothing, and it just feels, which, it just it feels a little bit more off because I'm, Tynan doesn't do this type of stuff usually, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Joker and all of this. It definitely, there's an abrupt stop here because I would say Future State's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe maybe this was but, supposed to be a five or six issue arc and that to be shortened to right. four. So 
But, you know, the, the fight ends kind of abruptly with Batman throwing down his sword and essentially saying, you know, we don't have to fight. Uh, they kind of almost, like, banter a little bit like their old, day, old days yeah. kind of thing. And I hate mm-hmm. that that's a thing that they can go to because I don't like that he was retconned into the past. But, uh, you know, he, he does, you know, Ghostmaker saying, you know, I was always jealous of the cars. Like, he got a new car right. and Batman sort of, you know, said, ah, I'm building one, blah, blah. Uh, right. But it's kind of the whole idea that they are kind of still old friends in some way. Um, again, I hate that they can do that because I, I don't think it's earned and I hate this retcon of b- big major characters into his past. Because yeah. I, I, I don't mind when they do like a day in the life of when he was like 12 or something like that and just mm-hmm. like fill out some of the, the, the details. But it's when they add in whole new oh. like characters, whole new caveats and like these big life-changing things that can come back later, it really irks me. Uh, you know, when they, when they do, like, oh, he, this is how Bruce celebrated his birthday when he was 13. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that, because, yeah, these days existed. Right. Like, there has to be time in there that, that can be filled in with small stories if you want to do them. But when you make a whole character like this who's going to pop back up later, and we're supposed to have this reverence of the time they've spent together from before he became Batman, it just feels phony to me, so. Well, because we, we haven't had any time of them really together. They've just been these little snapshots. So it's not like we had an arc before this where Tyne had taken the time to be like, you know, if there was a becoming Batman arc, right, where they're they're going off together and they get to know each other, and then we don't we don't know him as Ghostmaker yet, right? And then this Ghostmaker character shows up, and then they have their issues, and we've had an arc to digest. Because like again, this is similar to stuff that happened in Detective, right? I... The whole first victim stuff and yeah, you know, all that him playing with the past, but. At least there, it felt earned because we had the clay face tie. Well, right? I think that's a bit different though, because that's like like a, a bystander of Batman's early career, whereas this mm-hmm. is a whole character he had a relationship with before he became Batman. Yeah. I I don't even know if I'd, a whole arc building him up first would be enough. I think it would still irk me that it's it's all just designed to interest this character so that he has a history with someone in present day. When right. I think, like, give me a character who Batman meets for the first time. And give me a convincing story where it ends with him saying, you know what? Maybe you being around is good for me. I'm going to give you a chance. Yeah. If you you know, if you don't kill anyone, you can actually criticize me and we can do this in some way and go forward from here. Right. It relying on them knowing each other from the past, uh, just feels really cheap to me. And it's never not going to. I mean, I'll accept what comes next and sort of like, okay, what is the status quo now? How does the relationship work? Uh but right mm-hmm. now it's it's this part of it's an uphill battle. Obviously, I love the Harley stuff in this issue. I mm. love, you know, the Bat family kind of, like, waiting to just swoop in, but they never do, of course. Um, but, I mean, at the very least, I do think the final page with, like, the, you know, they hear the, there's a, you know, my radio's picked up that there's a, a hostage mm-hmm. situation somewhere. And they the kind of, like, you know, I, I bet I can get there before you can. Like, yeah. the idea of a competitive, spirited Batman for a little bit is kind of an interesting idea to explore oh yeah just because i'm tired of tortured batman so sure let him let him have this you know yeah uh i just i hate the retcon of the character into the story yeah. and i'll try not to complain about it too much going forward but this was the arc that introduced the whole thing mm-hmm. so uh yeah. you're getting my complaints here at thick and <laughs> fast so uh you may accept it uh yeah art a lot of artists um yeah, di- diff- yeah. different styles it's jarring in places mm-hmm. i mean it's not as bad as uh was it the last issue where the, the, the style changed so much so much yeah it, like you're getting whiplash yeah. 
Uh, this, this wasn't as jarring as that by any means. Right. Not even close, but uh, definitely. Like, you know, I, I accept that you can't have the same artist on a book the whole time. Although maybe with single shipping, there it'll be more possible. But um, mm-hmm. having different artists in the same book is always going to be an issue, unless you know it's divided neatly. Uh, with you know, like the flashbacks have a different artist or whatever, and that may be true here. But there's four artists on this book, so <laughs> there's, right. not, there's not four different not things to put the them on. Right. So, uh, there you go. Uh, uh do you have any other thoughts on? No, that, that on was just, I just wanted to praise the Harley stuff in the middle because I really thought that was good. I just, the art was better in there. Um, so because there's that one panel with her and the Joker, and it just looks not so good. But, oh, and the know, classic I, I like the, yeah she has the classic yeah. outfit on yeah yeah but you know i i appreciate what they were going for definitely i think that part really did work so but yeah all right we give it uh, i'm gonna give this one a seven like it's it's i guess it's fine the art is a, a bit of a headache but the rest of it you know outside of the the ghost maker thing i think was handled pretty okay uh i don't know uh I'll go with a six, maybe. Mm. I I think the retconning of the backstory with this character and that being kind of what it relies on to like have this resolution just makes the whole thing a bit sour. Even though I do really like the Harley stuff, and I do like the the you know shaking up what Batman's attitude is going to be for at least a couple of arcs. So mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes. But we'll, you know, we'll, we'll be back to this in March. We've, we've got two months of right. future state shenanigans next, but uh, we'll see. So there you go. Superman 28, Brian Michael Bendis and Ivan Reese on the art. This is the final issue of Superman by Bendis. Obviously, the action is still to come. Uh, that's coming in a week or two's time. So Next week. Uh, yeah, so this is dealing with the Sinmar stuff uh, and also kind of what the Lois and Lana stuff has been building to, which mm-hmm. is Lana reading a book that Lois wrote about Superman and her reading like, an excerpt from it on her podcast. And we yeah. hear, and honestly, that part—that's probably the best part about the issue—is this whole speech about how Superman needs human beings as much as human beings need Superman. And right, that was a nice sentiment, and it's kind of obviously the main heartfelt point that Bendis wants to make uh-huh. as he says goodbye. Uh, unfortunately, everything with the Sinmar and that conflict has mostly been a chore to read, and this issue wasn't really much different in that respect. So, like, I've been saying up to date on this, but like, this book would come out, I would read it when it, when it comes out, even if I wasn't recording. I'm still not 100% certain on what the hell all the Sinmar stuff is about because <laughs> I don't remember him taking over the planet. Like, that was something that I didn't feel was brought up before, was it? Am I just forgetting? I think it might have happened at the end of 25. Okay. It might have. Because there was a lot of stuff with that planet and there. But there's so many people. And honestly, the second page in here, so the second actual page of comic is this two-page uh-huh. layout. And these these speech bubbles that are going all the way I, around the sides of the pages are absolutely yeah. atrocious. And I can't tell the difference between the two characters. Nope. They don't look apart. I don't know who's supposed to be talking. I don't know. I didn't realize Utopica was this this supervillain's name or this the Sinmar, whatever Sinmar Utopica. I oh man, I do not like this stuff. It's, I appreciate what it did, but it was just. It's not been clear. It's not been clear since the no. start, and it it feels like the Lois and Lana stuff's the important part. And I get thematically, it's trying to tie in to this, like you know, that the story is supposed to like tie into it. 
Um, and maybe shows you what happens when there's a being with Superman-esque levels of power on a planet where they, they don't have this this bond with the, with the population, where it, where it is this cold right. and separate thing. But, yeah, all of the, the, the fighting, the debating, like, I enjoyed reading the podcast, like, narration from Lana. Like, mm-hmm. I, that was my favorite part of every page. <laughs> like, I was just enjoying reading yeah. that, because that was and, actually and quite good. Well, Bendis, here's, here's my take on Bendis' The Lizard Man. There's a lot of good ideas he had for Superman that I don't think the execution worked. No. So, you know, like, we get to the, in action, the, the Invisible Mafia. Great idea going off. Like, they don't, they, they hold meetings in this lead line building and like they don't say Superman and there's this whole stuff there that's kind of, it just kind of falls off because it starts to get to the more superhero-y stuff where yeah. it gets a little bit jumbled. And, and here... Or, or, or even just the uh, the leader of that being someone who's from Earth 3 and the reason why she has right. all these tactics is because a lot of people have to do that on Earth 3 because of Ultraman. Right. That's quite kind of right. interesting. Right. So there's stuff there. And just like this one, there's okay. There, there's a lot of good stuff here. It just gets bogged down by this Enmar stuff. And I appreciate what he was trying to do, but I don't think he does it effectively enough. Like, like you said, it was a chore to read. And of course the orange sun has these adverse effects on him and they get him an armor suit that charges him with yellow sun somehow <laughs> somehow and yeah like uh and, and i did like the united planet showing up at the end to to kind of help him out it ties into there. the run because a part of the run's been about mm-hmm. setting that up with john and all, all the rest of mm-hmm. it um w- w- when they shut up and i could just read the lana podcast mm-hmm. with like the art of him punching the alien i was like okay mm-hmm. now i'm enjoying the issue because i can just yeah. focus on the, the text as he's yep. is doing this but anytime the Sinmar aliens had a conversation or talked, whether it was to each other or to Superman. Even to Superman, it was kind of frustrating to read. Uh, I, I didn't really enjoy that at all. Yeah. Um, but uh, Supergirl shows up with Crypto. She's got like a suit of armor on. Uh, that was cool. Yeah, that, that was neat. Yeah. That was cool. Uh, I like that. But I, I will say, I really like the final scene. So the final scene of the, 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 the Superman run is that, mm-hmm. and this ties into the idea that Superman needs human beings. It's not just Lois, he needs the people of the world. Mm-hmm. Is that him and Lois? He goes to a rooftop where there's this this woman playing guitar, and he shows up and says, "Hey, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I just wanted to let you know that you know sometimes when I'm out away from Earth or I'm like out in the sky or or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. I hear your singing, and it helps me find my way home. Like it's like this beacon beacon that I hear because uh, I can hear from a great distance, and I really like your music, and." It's just this wonderful thing of him tell, telling this random stranger how important she is to him because her singing is this comforting sound that he recognizes and hears. And mm-hmm. he asks, Will you please play a song for us? And that's how the story ends. And the final page is her yeah, playing her guitar with them floating yeah. above. It's, it, that, that, this, this is like a three page story at the end that could be mm-hmm. in one of those anthologies. Like, you know, like Superman's yeah. like you know, 80th anniversary or Action Comics 1000. Uh-huh. This could have been a three-page story in that, and it would have been a great three-page story on its own. It's a wonderful three-page thing. It was it was real nice, and it was like uh, the, you know, like an after-dinner thing. Like, you got through this big, huge meal, and you're kind of like, why did I do that? <laughs> oh, but wait, there's a small thing. All right, mm-hmm. cool. Because yeah, it it's a lot, man. This, this, I sat down to read this one, when, and it took me longer 
than it normally should have just because mm-hmm. there was so much dialogue in the way that it's written too. It just, it makes it, you, you stumble over it because it doesn't flow. So, um, but when you got to this end, it made it all worth it, I guess, because it is this really nice human moment for, for Clark and it gets, you know, it reinforces the, he needs humans as much as they need them. I mean, I think, I think what this kind of sums up to me about Bendis' Superman run is that Bendis' ideas for Superman and the, the way he thinks about the character are pretty on point, I think, for the most yep. part. Um, but the stories he's told haven't always been good. So the, the points he wants to make about True. the character are pretty much always good. But the stories mm-hmm. he's told are, haven't always been. And this Sinmar stuff is a key example of that. And I know some people hate his run. I know some people think that you know he's kind of deconstructed everything that was built beforehand with you know aging john up and sending him off mm-hmm. and kind of like having him be kind of separate from like, Lois for a while although i never really felt that it felt like they were just doing their me, own thing me neither and and it was fine because when you know you were in the rucka lois mm-hmm. and they would have their moment it made that moment feel special because like you said they're both doing their own thing and they respect each other enough you know i would say almost as human beings but as in a relationship that he knows he doesn't have to watch after her all the time. Yeah. And and she knows that too. And then Bendis would reinforce that in certain things in, in Superman or in action. Um, but like, that's, I'm so tired of hearing people complain about them aging up John. Like, that was a really good era with Tomasi and the Super Sons and, and all of that. But at the same time, I, I kind of like older John. And that wrinkle that it adds to the Superman mythos. Which, uh, technically, so, by the way, the digital first by Tomasi, uh, yeah, continuing yeah. that is just started. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there is more right. Super so Sons like, with the, that age group, if you and, want and, it. And believe me, I, I get it. I, I get upset when, like, I'm upset that there's not a Green Lantern book outside of um, the N.K. Jemison one right now. I'm drawing a blank on the name with, with Joe. Um, uh, Farsight. <laughs> Far sector, thank you. Um, and so I get it. I get that there's things that you like and you get upset about it. But when I always see that that's the main factor that people don't like Bendis's Superman run, when there's a bunch of other, to me, more valid reasons, it just it kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And it's almost like kind of like, well, you just you're not liking things because you don't like what he did to John, not you know, because there has been good stuff in there. And just to throw it all out, like, oh well, he aged up John and it ruined everything. I'm like, well, come on, guys. Well, I mean, so, I don't know. I mean, if you don't like, it, you don't like it, and if it's, I guess, right. if it's a big deal, uh, but comic book fans can be kind of fickle and kind of like, yeah, sticking to one point that really upset them. That said, I do think yeah. a lot of the stories in the back half of Benny's Superman and Action Run have been weaker. Uh, Superman, yeah. especially, uh, I think Action, the story's not been that much weaker but unfortunately the art has tanked it in a completely different way from superman so I, yeah if it wasn't for the art i action that action because i have enjoyed the story there because every you know the last time i came on to talk about it i am enjoying the house of kent stuff but yeah but i almost feel like he started off with a point to go and he just couldn't get there for whatever reason um because remember we had that whole unity day thing where we kind of looked at the future and there's a, you know, Superman's, I think, daughter that was there with the, um, with the Zods. And they're, they're having all that stuff there. And I feel like that's 
he never addressed that again and never seeded any of that type of stuff mm. later. And he just kind of got away from him almost. But yeah, but we're moving on to a new era. I just I, now after it's know. just sad because it's just kind of mm-hmm. I'm at this point now where honestly, Bendis' Superman run as a whole. I have to be like, well, it's a very mixed bag, and I have to really mm-hmm. sort of pick out what's good about it, what's bad about it. I can't just wholeheartedly recommend it to anyone at this point. No. Because it is su- such a mixed uh, well, and batch of things. I feel that with his Legion as well. Like, if I'm going to recommend anything from Bendis's DC time, it's going to be Naomi. Yeah, Naomi. That- no, absolutely. That six issue yeah. issues of Naomi, Naomi is the best thing he's done at D- DC. Mm-hmm. It's not even a question so, to me because even I, his Legion run, which I thought started with a bang, is kind of meandered. And into, I, I, I can't recommend Young Justice. It. You know, I mean, I if if that I, hadn't been announced as ending, I might have dropped it a few issues before it did end. Yeah, like, I might have been done. Yeah, yeah. So I'll take it back to uh, Naomi and Event Leviathan. Oh, yeah, really oh yeah, no, uh, yeah, I know, I enjoyed so, that a lot too. So he's actually yeah. There's too many that he's done at DC that I really, really, really like. So I yeah. hope his Justice League leans towards them a bit more than that. the other stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we do have one more issue of action. Uh, so we'll get yep. to that. Uh, next week. Mm-hmm. But uh, what are you giving Superman issue twenty eight? I'm gonna give this one a seven. As a yeah, seven, six point five. <laughs> I'm going to say the art is real strong, but I did not enjoy reading this until like really the last three pages. Yeah, so, I, I yeah. really liked the narration from Lana and the point she makes, which mm-hmm. a lot of, thankfully after a, a couple of conversations mostly takes over all the text and the, yeah. and the Sinmar dialogue goes away. Um, mm-hmm. I enjoyed that and I really loved the last three pages. I, I thought the points that it was making and that side of stuff was great, but the actual alien conflict that Superman was dealing with, bleh. I could really be doing with none of it. Uh, yep. So, that, which makes it really hard to rate because there's parts of it that I really love and thought was a touching Superman moment and a touching point to make about the character. But part of it I really didn't like. So I'm going to land on a straight six uh, for this issue. But, I mean, I, it, 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 there's a lot of confliction. And I'm, I'm disappointed... I'm less disappointed with the issue at this point and more disappointed that I'm conflicted overall. Is <laughs> as weird as that might sound. I, I'll just say, I'm happy that he's he's moving on to Justice League mm-hmm. and we're getting a new era for Superman because I, I don't feel that... Ben Outside of the initial buzz, I don't feel like Superman... Or that Ben just brought his buzz really to Superman. Just judging mm-hmm. off of yeah. the Twitter reactions I, or I, even Reddit reaction that maybe DC was hoping he would. And I hope... A single shipping for a start, but I hope he stays focused. I yeah. hope it's just you know he's he's mm-hmm. writing this one big book now. Yeah. Maybe maybe he'll have you know the, you know the, the Leviathan sequel, uh, yeah. checkmate at some point. But yeah, and also the idea of of Connor having to get a Bendis book to read, uh, Justice League Dark. It's really funny. Up. Yeah, it's really funny. Yes. Uh, he says he won't be reading the book. I've got a feeling some Patreon producers may yeah, um, but it's, feel otherwise. Yeah, but it's also he really likes Ram V. So does, I can't imagine him not, you know, granted, granted, you can't go and hang out at the comic shop and just read it <laughs> like you used to because of, you know, reasons. But, you know, I feel there's, he's going to end up reading it at some point. Mm-hmm. Catwoman issue 28, Ram V, Speak of the Devil, and Fernando Blanco uh, on art. So 
yeah, this is uh, the third part of this run proper, and I'm interested to hear what you think of this run because you've not been here for the last couple of issues. No, and I haven't. I haven't reading it. Oh, you're not I, reading I, it? I have oh, read it. No. Oh, that's unfortunate. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it's good, and I'm sure I'll catch up it in a trade because I do like I like Ram V a lot. But in my in my mission to you know try to consume less things. It was one of the ones I had to go because I wasn't reading it regularly anyways, you know, so, but yeah, I mean, so go on. That is unfortunate because this, uh, starting with the new run at issue 25, this has become one of my most excited books uh, every month. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a crime book, it is set in Alley Town, it is Catwoman like basically collecting these stray kids and giving them something better. This issue, and this is so serialized, it's such a serialized crime story that you're probably not going to be able to follow a lot of what I'm going to say here, but... Uh, so, fine. the one mob leader uh, who, she, you know, Catwoman broke into the, uh, in the last couple of issues, he sent, like, an army to to her place to try and take her out, and a lot of the strays uh, are there to kind of deal with that, where she is at the docks getting ready to strike on the shipment coming in for the other mob boss, uh, the women from the the, the the club. And while that's going on, our, our cop, Hadley, is officially kind of stated as like a sort of on-loan transfer and is more directly working with the corrupt cop now, uh, who is trying to... Oh, your mate's going, I think, Matt. Who is trying mm-hmm. to interrogate a minor there was the kid who distracted them uh when the, the whole car heist thing was happening in last mm-hmm. issue um and he's trying to interrogate a minor and as someone who's just recently watched all of uh when they see us which was about kids uh being forced to be interviewed by police without adults mm-hmm. present and what that led to this actually kind of rung uh wow. partially true to me um but it highly sort of interrupts it it makes it clear that there's nothing to hold. I mean, he's a minor. You can't have him without a, mm-hmm. an adult present, uh, a guardian of some kind. So they cut him loose. Uh, ha- uh, the corrupt cop puts the a tracker on him, and you know, Hal's like, "Yeah, I'll be keeping an eye on you now." And he's he's around and he's working on things. So all these moving parts. One of the things that impressed me so much from immediately uh, from issue twenty six onwards was how all these parts were introduced in issue 26 and how each one's advancing each issue. And I feel like there's this ongoing like world in the city. There's all these threads going on and they all just work so well. Uh, the art from Blanco is wonderful. It fits this book to a T. I've said that every issue they've done so far. Yeah. Uh, I have noticed you on, on Twitter bring up Blanco a lot. Like, because mm. it is... And, and the stuff I've seen, it is good. Like, so yeah, I get it. So... Yeah, the, the the team that's sent in to uh, Catwoman's place, uh, like there's traps that have been set by by the kids. They've got like a bunch of water that they electrocute them in, and there's all sorts. Um, Catwoman's a gorgeous two page layout of Catwoman like jumping down all the shipping crates at the docks, uh, mm-hmm. taking out bad guys as she's jumping through, uh, and getting to the mob boss lady. Um, because the mob boss lady, because she tried to cut a deal with her and say, hey, I, you know, like we can work together because you aren't as bad as the other mob boss because you, you don't bring in, uh, you know, the, the, the drugs or whatever for the streets. Okay. Um, and, but the, the mob boss just immediately, you know, ratted on her and called in the other guy. But Catwoman, essentially this issue reveals all of Catwoman's planning coming into place. Everything sort of clicks into place where basically 
she she has something on her because the call that she made makes it look like she's the one who went after the other mob boss uh who has now been arrested because they have more than enough of evidence that catwoman's kind of left for them and they, even the kid because uh, the kid who was got tracked she predicted he was going to get tracked and he actually threw his jacket into her place so that she's now connected to the other mob boss so She's basically like, yeah, I've played all of you. You're all kind of up shit creek and you kind of have to deal with me now. Like for, you know, I'm the one who's running this town now because she's trying mm-hmm. to make it a better place. She's trying to be the new, the, the queen pin, I guess, of Alley Town. Right. And there's been this assassin, this assassin who was hired. If I remember correctly, it was hired, was it the penguin that hired her? I don't know, but, but it was back, way back at the start of the run. This assassin was hired and he's been this very mysterious, just ominously watching. There's been a couple of teases at the end of each issue of him just watching her from a distance. Last issue, there was an assassin hired by the mob boss guy that this assassin took out because you're not taking my kill. Like, and he's very... Little assassin fight. Yeah, and he's very determined. That's this guy with the green sunglasses and the purple hat. He's like, no, I'm going to let her get to her content place. She's going to be the happiest she's ever been and feel like she's achieved what she wants to achieve and then I'm going to take it from her and then I'm going to end her. And just as Catwoman's walking away from the dock, she set fire to a lot of the goods that were being imported, illegally, obviously. Uh, she's walking past, she's taking her cowl off, and she's just walking to her bike. And it's just this moment where she walks past, and the assassin walks past her, and it's like, oh, they're finally meeting. She's finally, like, meeting this guy who's been following her and watching her for the last couple of issues. And, he, you know, they, they sort of, like, go to attack each other, and she's got a, he's got a blade up to her neck. And she kind of puts it together. Mm-hmm. that uh, this is the guy who probably took out the assassin from the rooftop and he quotes a bible verse and she's like oh you know uh, I love a man with a biblical sense of murderous intent <laughs> um, and he basically says yeah like I, you know, I'm going to kill you but I'm not going to do it now I'm going to wait until you're content <laughs> I'm going to wait until you've got all this uh, and then strike and Catwoman's like yeah like you know if you're going to fight me like I'm the one who's going to win uh, mm-hmm. but he seems like a real threat and I, I think there's been such a mystique about this character and the way they've built him up that I was excited the panel of them walking past each other had such a sense of pacing and like cinematic quality to it that I, I think this, ish, this this book has had the pacing between all these stories all these plot threads are all interwoven with the, the two different gangs the corrupt policemen because uh, these, these were the ones that were all introduced in the initial 26 where it really set up this world right. where we have these two crime uh, gang, you know, families. One's more about drugs, one's more about guns. Uh, who are those two bosses are? This corrupt cop who kind of, like, rats out people, works for them, you know, fixes things. And then, of course, Hadley's this cop who was in the previous Catwoman run, but it's kind of neatly fit into this without feeling like I need to know anything about him. He's just like this... He's more of a decent cop who shows up, and he's, he's kind of tracking down Catwoman, gets involved in all this other stuff that's going on, and now he's here too. Uh, officially working as of this issue for the 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 mm. local police department, um, and the final page is an interesting one where the has a you know the the other cop the sergeant or whoever gives him a new case like a weird case where uh they're letting the mob boss that they arrested go because he's talking he's ratting out other people so they're going to let him go for now, mm-hmm. but they may be able to catch him on something else. Um, his drugs have something kind of new in it there's something weird there's some sort of new thing that it's being laced with uh, and it's plant-based and the final panel is that there's like some scientists who have got poison ivy in like a chamber 
like an like it. it's like a not a cryo chamber it's just like you know it's just it's still liquid but uh so yes yeah, so they're basically like taking stuff from poison ivy and putting it in this like designer heroin or whatever it is <laughs> um, so Why'd you have to go and ah oh, man yes uh, so obviously, future state Catwoman's next. Uh, so we'll be back to this yeah. properly in in March. Although I think I think the Poison Ivy stuff actually is future state related. I think I think that actually is going to tie into stuff. Well, we so that's that's now it's almost like a Sirens reunion is coming because you got mm-hmm. Catwoman and Ivy and Harley all running around trying to make good. Although we'll see with Ivy, she might be pretty pissed. <laughs> she might be. <laughs> uh, so. No, I, I think the coloring is something I want to mention here because there's a lot of uh, muted tones, a lot of uh, really solid art, but when you get to like, a Catwoman at the end, because the guy, you know, the assassin's got this purple hat and purple trench coat and he's got these green glasses. Like, so you've got all these purples and blues of, of him and the surroundings, but behind her, the, 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 the crates that are on fire is this glowing orange. It, it just makes such good use of the colors. And the color schemes from from issue to uh, from panel to panel, I should say. Uh, I I am routinely impressed with the pacing and how many plot threads this book can dangle without ever feeling overwhelming or without ever feeling like I don't understand what's going on. Because even though there's so many things going on, I, okay, admittedly, I've forgotten a lot of character names. I, I I couldn't tell you the name of either of the mob bosses right now, but. It doesn't matter because they're so distinct visually that they're very different characters. One's, you know, a, a black woman uh, who runs a works out of a club. Mm-hmm. The other guy's, you know, this more sort of, uh, you know, rough guy with a goatee. They're very distinct. Mm-hmm. There's there's no mistaking which one's which in your head at all, even if you can't remember their names. It's, you know, really well done. So, had had you read his Justice League Dark, you'd feel the same way because there was a lot of balls in the air and he was able to juggle them very very well. Yeah, I, I said, you know, I, even after one issue of this, uh, not so much issue 25, I liked what that teased, but it mm-hmm. wasn't really a proper issue of this run yet. It was really issue 26 where it started. Um, mm-hmm. Issue 26, like I said at the end, it already feels like a really good TV show that has like three plots going. And nice. comic books don't always can do that successfully no. because it, it's a different medium. Sometimes you don't really quite get that feeling and it ends up just kind of like collapsing in itself and it feels a bit more of a mess. Mm-hmm. This so neatly from just the first issue felt that way and three issues in it feels like it's just doing it all perfectly mm-hmm. um i'm i'm so excited and i have never been someone who's been super high in the idea of a solo catwoman book like i've never been against it but i've never right. you know felt drawn to it or really cared if she has one um well i try them when they happen but uh, this this was this is such a this is just a you know like ram v's become someone who's just on my radar now where it doesn't matter what he's writing almost i'll i'll check it out He's he's reached yeah. that caliber in like three issues, which that's good. That says everything that needs to be said. Yeah. So I'll, I'll I'll be uh, well. I won't be waiting that long because three issues is not a lot to get caught up. Nah, I I would read twenty five oh. as well, just because yeah. it does kind of set up why she's here and stuff. Yeah. Um. Plus, it's a really fun story. The the because well, I what... did read I did read twenty five. Oh, did you? I... So the, yeah. that's the one where the the last story is the the cat perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, if you've read that, yeah, just 26, 27, 28. Yeah. That's what I need to read. Yeah. I mean, you, you got me with uh, with Poison Ivy. Damn it. It's one, it's one of the best books DC has right now. It just straight up That's is. Um, it will be rating very highly when I get to the uh, rankings at the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just... 
that the art is phenomenal. It's, it's such a perfect thing. And the fact that it can do like a big two-page layout, which, and it kind of played with this before. There was a, a sequence mm-hmm. in uh, the last issue or the issue, I think it was the issue before, I think it was 26, where she, it was a two-page layout with Catwoman going through like a, she's putting like some smoke bombs into like a building and she's like going through all the smoke, like hitting and fighting. Mm-hmm. This was kind of like a, almost a sequel to that with her like jumping through all these uh, shipping crates and containers and just jumping down and like kicking guys as she goes down down the way it's not the exact same style or idea but the idea that we can go from a very crime book that's very deliberately paced where there's always mm-hmm. a nice sequence of panels no it doesn't still like a nine panel we're doing like that it's usually you know six or seven or eight depending on how it splits up but then it goes to this big cinematic two-page layout of her like kicking through it really the pacing really gives it the sense where oh you feel the motion because it's so often very methodically paced into uh horizontal and vertical panels which i guess is most comic books but right there's, there's not a lot of like fancy you know like you know warpy panels there's not a lot of like characters overlapping multiple panels to really make it flashy it's, it it wants to feel a bit more hbo i guess <laughs> is how i describe well, it and it seems like they're getting there yeah right? but then you get to a two-page layout where she's like jumping down across the page and it's like oh no mm-hmm. all of a sudden this page because it's so different from the rest it feels really big and action-packed even though all it is is her jumping down it just it gives it a cool feel and mm-hmm. it's because the rest of the book's so reserved that it has pages like that that make that feel bigger that feel more impactful um so i i cannot praise it enough i think catwoman is on a roll i think ram v is uh cementing himself and yeah. Uh, so it's a great, uh, at least from my perspective, newer talent that DC's got in their hands that mm-hmm. hopefully is going to go a long way. Yeah. Uh, so uh, as far as rating goes, uh, this is a uh, straight up nine out of ten. Uh, yeah, very yeah. very little to complain about, honestly. So there we go. Rorschach issue three. Tom King writing with Jorge Fornes on the art, and not a crime you know, focused book yeah. here. Um, and again, very focused issue here with issue three, dealing with, uh, unsurprisingly, the the young woman who, of course, mm-hmm. was working Laura. with the with the, the Rorschach, the old man, the mm-hmm. artist, from last issue. Um, where it was very clear that this issue was going to be about him sort of looking into her background. And it seems to be in the, the form of her, like, journal or whatever it is that he's that he's reading, sitting in this diner. Mm-hmm. And every so often we cut back to him sitting in the diner talking to the waitress, but he's most mostly listening to this. And it's basically her telling the story of her upbringing with her father. Yeah. And uh, the story of this mind collapsing at the start of the century, which happened again just a few years later, which yeah. I, I'll, I'll get to thematically what I think that's saying in a bit, but... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of themes with this, and this is the type of book that I feel that King's best suited for, as mm-hmm. both of us have been on note like his batman run has some really good highs but the lows are real real problematic and i probably said this in the the last time this is the first first thing i've talked to you about it is i think what's impressive about this is that i think strange adventures feels like Mm -hmm. very spiritual successor to mr miracle they're not doing the exact same thing but you can definitely feel the similar vibe they're very different similar books between them character focused on what the character is going through even in their head I think Rorschach is an example that King can do a different type of 12-issue mini that it yep. feels and is a completely different genre and doesn't function the mm-hmm. same way at all, but no. it works just as well. It, as- but it has some of his thematic stuff in there 
where he, I feel like he's um, not decompressing. What's the word? He's he's taking something that's happening in the real world and using the frame of comics to put a spotlight on it. So in this issue, it's her upbringing and what that means, especially mm-hmm. in the world of Watchmen and how that relates to the real world. Because I finished this this morning. This is the last thing I read. I kind of saved up for it. And because I wanted to be fresh when we were talking about it. Mm-hmm. And it's low-key sad. Like when you think yeah, about that's, that's the that's outcome... Story. You know, there's a tragedy here, and when you apply that to the real world, it's doubly sad. And you know, I look at King, and this is the type of story I enjoy from him. There's a there's a few yeah there's a few things that I think we'll talk about with them. Just to get through what the actual backstory yeah. here is that we find out about. So her father ended up maintaining like his job was to maintain this mm-hmm. cemetery that was built in this town in the middle of nowhere. That is there was just it was basically just like created because all these miners died and there was no place to yes. put them. Yes. So there was an explosion in, what, 1903 and, like, in the mine, they didn't have anywhere to bury them in this little town that's called Hannah, right? Yeah. Uh, Hannah, Wyoming. And so the federal government gave them land to build the cemetery. Uh, and so her dad, after coming back, we find out he was in the military and he was a sniper. His job was to keep the cemetery clean. Right. Like, yeah, headstones and all this other stuff. But then you find out, too, that there's a lot more going on with her dad than just that he's yeah, you know, we, a veteran. We get to that as it goes on. We, we see that he, mm-hmm. he trains his daughter at a very young age to shoot guns. Right. Uh, she's, you know, right. she's hitting bottles and whatever. She's very good at it. You know, he comments mm-hmm. how, you know, even his first time in the field with a sniper rifle, he wasn't doing as good as she is now. Yep. Um, he missed his target by like 10 feet. Yeah. And, you know, so, and then it got me wondering, well, where's mom? Right? Like, what type of parent, like, let's <laughs> puts up beer bottles up on headstones so their, you know, preteen daughter can shoot shoot it, you know? And then we find out what happened with mom. Yeah. And I mean, and the, the context with the waitress as well is that as she's talking to him and she's like, oh, you work for, you know, that presidential candidate. Turley. Yeah, totally. There you go. Um, and he's up against uh, Redford, right? So, which, mm-hmm. so actually, what's your opinion on this? Because this is set in the same universe as the TV show. How do you feel about that? So, wait, is it set as the TV show? Because I thought this was post the comic. Well, it's technically post the comic, but the stuff okay. that it's talking about ties it into the TV show. Okay. Well, I didn't think about that. I was just thinking that this was post Doomsday Clock comic continuity in no no in no, that no. that's directly references the tv show Shoot. uh Ro- okay, Ro- so Ro- robert Red- robert redford being president is a direct reference to the tv show but but that was also in doomsday clock if you remember was it yeah it was also in doomsday clock when Veet is is doing his plans to find manhattan okay i, I can't remember what else it is but there was other things in issue one okay. that confirmed it was in the tv okay world. if you guys have those let me know because i did enjoy that i'm, show, I'm sure there was i remember talking about it, was, it so dense that i have a lot of <laughs> i remember the big beats the, and the stuff that i enjoyed on it you know like jeremy irons and and there uh, was there was definitely other things in issue one that basically confirmed it was on top of yeah. that um i think thematically the stuff in this issue that also ties it into the tv show more than it does the comic book uh, well and i and i and i'm wondering if it's a chicken or an egg thing that that king maybe saw stuff in the show and goes well i have an idea how this would work out in the comic Version. But then again, the show is a spiritual successor to the comic, so man, 
Manhattan. Well, I mean, I, I, either way, it's, it works as a sequel to the comic, but I think it's sure. a sequel to the comic that ties into the same universe that continues with the TV show. Um, I guess that's one and the same, and I didn't think about that. That of course they would be because the shows in but that it, world. Too. But it, it doesn't. It doesn't work with Doomsday Clock. I don't think. I, I think it definitely works with the show and not Doomsday Clock. Okay. So, anyways, your point still stands. I get what you're saying. Of, of the you're talking about the militia and stuff like that, right? With Redford. As the president? Yeah. Well, I mean, more, more specifically, that there's a lot of people who are upset because Redford is this, uh, what it sounds like from what I remember from the show, this very mm-hmm. democratic president. Um, yeah, very liberal. And, and, you know, if nowadays, if you're liberal, you're branded a communist, like it's 1950s again. Yeah. It, you, it's, know. you know, it, anyway, so here oh. the waitress talks about how, oh, you know, we like this candidate here. You know, Hannah's a very He's- pro- you know, so so it, set, so it sets up the idea that this town is very anti-Redford to begin with. So even the idea that the father and the daughter lived here, this was kind of the world they were surrounded by. So they, they were kind of living in this type of place. Um, but we find out the dad, again, more when the story in the flashbacks, is that the dad basically reveals to the daughter that he's got this bunker full of guns and weapons and, and all sorts. And that essentially... He killed her mother. He killed the mother yep. not long after the birth of her. And then he says, and this is what made me really think of the show here. Yeah. Um, is that he talks about because the squid got her, because the squid's still out there and it can still take a hold of people. Because, of course, the, the squid, yep. telepathic squid, of course, uh, mm-hmm. is a big part of this. And the idea that he is such a conspiracy nut who is convinced that the telepathic powers of the squid is still something that can happen to people. And it's affecting it people. Changed the mom, and the mom wasn't herself anymore. So he, because she was part of the squid, now she's the enemy. So she, he had to get rid of her. And so the whole her whole training, this Laura girl, is about that. Is we have to stop the spread of the squid, right? Yeah, and this, like, this ties into the the main stuff because it turns yeah. out that only a few years later there was essentially another accident, and it just happened again. Yeah. And his whole fear is that the squids are going to come back and there's going to be another squid and there's going to be more right. reasons. So we have to always prepare. We have to prep. We have to assume that the, the bad yeah, things are going to happen. Militia and, you know, he, he starts teasing the other guys in the militia that his daughter is better at all of this than, than they are and that she's the future. But then we know that her future is she dies trying to take out Turley. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, or for what looks like that she was trying to take out Turley. Yeah. I'm still not 100% on what actually happened. That was my main takeaway, that there's a lot of stuff that's very hazy on purpose that I do like that Forness and um, and King are really oh, good They're, at, they're definitely handling, slowly you know? teasing what's actually mm-hmm. happening when the, yeah. during the so-called assassination attempt. So we'll, we'll find right. that out as the story goes on. I'm not, I'm not concerned mm-hmm. about that uh, oh, too no, much. Oh, no, no. But, what, but I just want to point out, I want people to think like uh, that's... I'm taking yeah. everything that happened as part of the story. Yeah. You know, because that's what we've seen. But um, as, as he's reading the journal, we get these little little snippets from the waitress because she keeps coming back in. And it's it's all stuff that I've heard in real life. And you just swap out Turley for another, you know, political person. And, and man, and just seeing like with the militia and the stuff they're talking about. And there's this threat of the squid, and the squid's going to get them, and you have to stop the squid before the squid gets you. And you, I just look at the state of, of my country and seeing this as a dark reflection of it, and I don't like it. 
Yeah. You also, know, if I recall correctly, sad. if I recall correctly, there's a reference in the first issue just to go back to the it's tied to the show. There's a yeah. reference in the first issue to where things happen in the show because it's I think it's set okay. after the, the the show. Okay. Actually, not, if that's the case, brilliant. Oh, maybe it's before the show. It has to be before the show because it's he's facing. Well, because of what happened. Redford. With, yeah. 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 That, um, there's a reference. There's a re- there was definitely a reference gotcha, in the first gotcha, issue. Gotcha. But like, but like they're calling Redford a communist, and like he's yes. he, you know, he's not one of us. And there's this whole, especially over the last four years, an us versus them mentality and a deep tribalism that's set in. And and here you imagine this world where a space squid shows up in New York, and you know, and what that does. And now that you bring up the show, you know, in the show the squid plays a big part in like the after effects mm-hmm. and how it changes the lives of people right um and yeah just that there's this whole group of people that just take whatever the threat is and take it as gospel without thinking and yeah because we see her we see her training with with uh-huh. explosives we see her training with all sorts of things uh be able to take down men that are you know three times her size because she's still like 12 right. Um, and then the father's even squishing yeah. squid in her face is like a yeah. is a just a yeah you know, the squid's coming He's, for you like <laughs> and, and to me and this this might piss off some people who are listening I don't know but he's essentially training terrorists if you ask me yeah no it's, know, it's, it's are, yeah it's essentially what's happening these are terrorist tactics right like you know we have to we have to be ready for when the government comes to get us because they're all controlled by the squid you know and like. It really, that's, it reached its breaking point when he smashes the squid in her face as like a, you know, that's not normal stuff. So, yeah, it, uh, th- there's another point I was going to make too with. Well, I think the other thing about the main yeah. stuff, uh, about, about it happening again is that basically the signs were all there that it was going to happen mm-hmm. again. So right. he's basically this has been used as a justification or that's right. not so much that he's yeah. actually bringing it up per se, but thematically it's been used as a justification that this is inevitably going to happen again and they have to preemptively do something about it. They have to fight right. back and do Which... something before. And that, that, that obviously not the main stuff. The main's just an example. It's a right. metaphor uh, about the right, squid. Right, right. The idea of the squid it's... and... Yeah, yeah. Right. That's just the scapegoat. And that's the point I wanted to get to with the mine, right? That the, the whole reason this town exists is because of the mine. And there's very little people there. And all the people that were working in the mine, like it's... King writes it very graphically about what had happened in the mine. And then it happens again. But it's not because of the townsfolk and not because of their hard work. It's the people that run the mine that knew it was unsafe, yet, and that it could catch fire again and explode again, but they still sent even more people down there, right? And then there's a whole piece about how there people of color that worked there that weren't counted as Americans, right? Mm-hmm. Like... They weren't included in the the count of the dead as Americans. They were, you know, like with the people from Finland or Scandinavia that they're calling. Yeah, because that's that's the point actually. It's, it's mm-hmm. after that that final line where you see it emphasized yeah. again on the pages. Because everything yep. we see is just obviously in the ration boxes, but we right. actually see that final line and the because it's like it, it lists the people of color, it lists the other people, right. and then at the end it right. says the rest were Americans, and that's right. the point. That's the point that motivates the character to go out and get a. A, a fresh bit of air right and right. keep in mind that this is the character who is working for this presumably Surely. republican candidate so 
Yeah. Um, so the fact that he's even have to having to take a moment here and go out and breathe and it, it does you know makes us sort of think okay what what exactly is her his political views on this like you know where does right. he fall in this I know he works for this guy but is it because right. he believes devoutly in this uh, guy is it because is it just a job is it just a job that he end up here through some other way that doesn't you know isn't like his passion it's not because he's here and, because yeah and what gets me here too is like the real enemy isn't the squid right the real enemy is the to me and and reading this was it's the people that said the mine was safe because that's all they care about right it's there it, but they're using that to turn people against each other and again it's not just black and white which is what we always get with with rorschach right there's these shades of gray that need to be at play yeah that's the whole that point of rorschach is it Rorschach right. sees it in black and white when it never right. is. Uh, no. Right. And so what does this, you know, clearly this guy sees things like there are some things in black and white, right? Like not calling calling people of color, you know, calling them non-Americans because, you know, at that time, you know, in the 1900s and even later up to, you know, times where we shouldn't be saying stuff like that. That is a black and white issue where there is a right and a wrong. Right. Born in America, they're Americans. And so just that idea of him reading that and having to take a break, you know, that uh, I, I just feel there's more to that character. There aren't these shades of gray. And I like that he's I like that he's different than Rorschach. Right. That he is capable, at least, of seeing these shades of gray. So to, to move on from there, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. he then actually says to his daughter, that oh no the squids have got me the squid is in my mm -hmm. mind uh i think you know i was going to kill myself but i think you should do it and he explains like, what the plan is and yeah we just get this stark shot where she shoots him in the head and she's out, out of panel at this point and she walks into panel on a nine page grid a nine panel grid sorry the next page mm -hmm. and joe it's so funny reading this digitally is that the nine panel grid where she walks in and like puts the gun in his hand to make, make it look like suicide and then walks out mm -hmm. and at the bottom of the page we have her walking back in as an adult with Rorschach behind her. When I turned the page digitally, because it goes to mm -hmm. another nine-panel grid and because the, the top six panels are just the same shot again of him lying yeah. there dead, it had this weird effect going from page to page where it just felt like Rorschach faded into the shot. It just, it's, I don't know if this was intentional. I, I can't imagine it was because obviously mm -hmm. I imagine that most comic creators still primarily think of the physical book rather than right. how people are reading digitally. But there was this odd effect of like almost like the the future versions of Rorschach and this woman fading into the the shot, mm -hmm. you know, because obviously he's not still sitting there dead when they're there, because right. obviously she's showing this old man around this artist right. years later, where she killed her right. father, but or the idea is that she's told him this and this is a visual representation of him in the same way that we're getting a visual representation of all these things happening as our characters reading the the journal. Uh, mm -hmm. he's getting this visual representation of actually seeing it play in front of him. Um, yeah. You know, so it's a wonderful, eerie bit of storytelling. And we see her, we see them go to the diner yep. uh, and basically sit down in front of our, our main character. They're not literally there at the same time, of course. It's actually, it's, very, it's very much in his head because Rorschach turns to him and says, what do you see? Yeah. But yeah. It, yeah, but it very much feels like they're right there. Yeah, you know, um, so. and also the idea that they've left a paper trail for him—that she, she intentionally mm -hmm. hid something in the book that only someone like him would find. Yeah, 
right. it wasn't because for our family not... members it wasn't for right. you know whoever else so it's this idea that whatever real true story is being told here whatever event her ultimate intentions are because mm-hmm. when she kills her father she seems to do it because of he, because of why he asked and right. seems to be de- you know devoted to him but I do question there's a lot of room here for some growth between her age where she kills her father at like yeah. 14 or whatever she is mm-hmm. to when she goes to this, you know, old artist and they, they, right. they dress up in this manner. There's growth there to be told. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm very curious to, just to see how we, we seem because last issue was him going around the apartment building and finding out about the artist. This issue mm-hmm. was reading the journal and finding out about her. I'm very curious wh- what he gets to next that unveils the next part of the story the, the next part yeah. of the flashbacks the well, next part of this someone in my head someone set them up and that that's the main thing and i feel like at the end of this because we keep it, it rorschach is there but not really right we're getting the vibes of rorschach and i just feel like by the end of this there's going to be not necessarily he's going to become rorschach but there's going to be a clarity so I remember when this book got announced, there was a lot of groaning from from comics people because we thought we're, we're you know we're mining Watchmen, you know we're strip mining it and just let it go. But I trust King has a point of view here of of what it's going to be that nothing is really what it seems. Well, I, I think. Um, oh, well, I think two things. One, I mean, the character is still very disturbed and dark because we saw what right. he did last issue uh, to right. the you know, the couple, you know, the the man, mm-hmm. um, and the apartment building. So mm-hmm. he's not squeaky clean, even if it does turn out that he's not as like villainous or didn't try to kill right. someone in the way that we think he did. I do think this issue is very intentionally setting you up to think of her and her upbringing in a certain way, mm-hmm. where you're yeah. kind of judging her as someone who's been brainwashed by her father to think mm-hmm. a certain way, to have this extremist view. Uh, mm-hmm. But then the way it ends, where the idea that he he's essentially seen a vision of them in front of him, mm-hmm. and... It's like no, there's a bread, there's a breadcrumb trail to follow here that's been laid out for you. She wants you to find out more about why she did what she did and what the story is, and then to right. end, and then to end on a series of panels, which is him closing the journal, and then the last four panels are the 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 stark red of her dead body on that on that catwalk, mm-hmm. you know, above the the stage, and just her lying there dead with the blood, uh, with the hat, you know, having left her head. It's right. almost like it's challenging us to go. There's maybe more to her than just what you've assumed based on what you may have read for most of this issue, this upbringing mm-hmm. and what her father is. The idea that there's more beyond this journal to go into, there's more for him to find, that her death mm-hmm. here, her death lying on that catwalk might felt at first like, oh, you've stopped a terrorist from committing an act of crime, but there may actually mm-hmm. be more to it. And, and, that, and that's that's what I'm getting to, yeah. that it's not just the end game wasn't the assassination of Charlie. Almost like not necessarily her, the artist, but someone else that we've we've yet to see, or is kind of responsible for an unraveling of sorts. Or alternatively, I mean, I don't know if there's a mastermind who's like separate from these characters. I don't know if I buy it by that at all yet. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't see any indication of that. But I could buy that their intentions there were a little different than what we're maybe initially yeah. suspecting. That, that could be it too. Or alternatively, it's exactly as it appeared. And I think mm-hmm. this again, another point about this ending is as we see this these red panels and it's hard lying mm-hmm. there dead, the final things we hear uh, dialogue-wise is from the waitress mm-hmm. saying goodbye to uh, the, the, the inspector. And right. she says, well, I hope you've enjoyed your time in Hannah. And you remember that if you see Turley, 
you tell him that from all of us, this whole small town, we're rooting for you all. Mm-hmm. I think it's very interesting that you have this character saying, oh, we all support him, and the idea that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the way that people sometimes view politicians or, you know, ju- you know latch on to mm-hmm. just like a belief or a movement. And then you have this stark reality of, no, when people get into extremism like this, uh, like, you know, it ends in moments like this, it ends in violence, mm-hmm. it ends in these these dark things. So I am, in, and you know, something I've not even mentioned as we've been talking about this is that she's not trying to kill Redford here. They, they, they were trying no, to kill Turley. They were Turley, try- right. Yeah. And that's, and that, that's what I'm saying. There's there's so much more that's beyond, to me, at least, as I've read these three issues, there's more than just the artist in her. There's there's a missing piece there that led to them trying to assassinate a political candidate. And maybe, you I mean, maybe, I mean? maybe they'll pull the, the rug out from under us and there is some squid action going on in this. Right, <laughs> the, that's, the that's what I'm saying. That's why I don't want to say yeah. the squid is behind it all or whatever, because <laughs> I, I do feel like that's just a scapegoat, right? Because I do feel at the end of the day, Watchmen is still a very real world. That's why I think the TV show hit so hard. Is like, yeah, for as fantastical as it can be, it's still hit on true, like, true to life themes, especially in, in the last couple of years. And so here, whatever the squid represents or whatever, that's why I feel there's there's more going on. Almost like this is a false flag almost set up by Turley's people, right? That to make it make him mm. seem more, you know whatever because these extremists are trying to take him out because he's the only one that's speaking the truth you know um and now i sound like a nutty conspiracy dude uh, over a comic book but yeah no this is the forna's art in this is just it's not so when i first started this one because i didn't have got a chance to talk about it it felt very much like a brubaker and phillips mm-hmm. book and i don't want to say a ripoff but definitely inspired by that but the last two issues it's become its own thing and I noticed in this one, there's a lot less darkness out of Foreigners who we're used to seeing. And there's a lot of wide open panels in this one. And just this this vibe where it still feels like a crime book, but not in the way of the gritty type that Brubaker and Phillips are known for. This has definitely become a King and Foreigners book. There's nothing else I can really compare it to. Mm. You know, outside of the original Watchmen, which at its times had... The, the big, wide-open, less-gritty kind of stuff, so... Yeah, subtle thing here, but the uh, the detective's tie... Mm-hmm. Uh, he's uh-huh. not technically a detective because he's not a cop, per se, but... Right. Uh, uh, is yellow and black. I just noticed that. It's mm-hmm. a nice little touch in the colouring. <laughs> that he's got the Watchmen yeah. colours in his tie. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I, there's definitely more to this, and you know what? I said this last issue, but there's actually mm-hmm. nine whole issues left of this, so... I can't even imagine how many layers we're going to peel here. Yeah. Uh, and like, you know, where so you know, I, I can't imagine those nine issues worth more of the mystery, but I'm sure as he reveals more, I'm going to see where the depths are and like where we're going to go with it. Right. And, you know, why they're on that catwalk, why they're trying to assassinate, if they, indeed that is what they were doing, why they were trying to assassinate this particular person. Um, and yeah, what, what else is going on? You know, maybe... You know, we are going to find out that this uh, Turley is, like, up to no good and is doing mm-hmm. something. And that doesn't necessarily mean he should be assassinated, but there was a no. motivation that is a bit more uh, shades of grey than just, you know, these two people are psychopaths and we're trying to kill someone. Right. I just, I, I look at the, the, and maybe just because of the 
Sometimes I'm too dialed into to political type stuff, but I'm definitely seeing the type of language that the that the 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 militia people I see that mm-hmm. in real life online. And you know, when you think about when this was written, this had to have been written back what in like early part of the year at this point. Oh, I don't know. It um, depends. Depends. Yeah, when. like and so just to see a lot of this, either King's really, really good or he he picks up on things living in DC and his time in the CIA and stuff, you know, that have been ongoing for a while now that are just starting to reach the surface, which I feel there's this whole section where, where he's uh, the dad's training her how to fight with a knife that gave me chills because I feel like that was some CIA training uh, <laughs> that King got about it, it's not a sword. It's an extension of your hand. So you just think of it as, as hand fighting or fist fighting, but you have a bladed weapon. And that, again, that, it, yeah, that's scary, you know? So, yeah, yeah it's just, it's a really good book. It's definitely making us think it's prodding a lot of political ideas and it's prodding mm-hmm. a lot of social yeah. ideas and making us mm-hmm. think, at the very least, this issue is very much focused on, because the last issue was very much about this lonely character who, yeah. uh, you know, uh, <sighs> I don't want to say incel necessarily, but the the, the idea yeah. of this this quiet character who had resentment and was like mm-hmm. bubbling for years, and this right. issue very much was more about how one passes on their what? paranoia and hate to someone below them, and yeah. how that kind of spreads. Well, and also usually it's never like when you hear the term lone wolf, very rarely is it a proper lone wolf. Mm-hmm. There is a group that they find comfort in that eggs on the worst behavior. And when you think about the last two issues, that's very much at play, you know? Yeah. So. So. Yeah, uh, what, what, what are we rating this one? Yeah, I know. I'm just, I'm fascinated by uh, yeah, this yeah. book. Uh, it's, all, it's always been a really good mm-hmm. uh, thought. And I'm glad I have someone to talk about it because Connor decided yeah. not to read it after issue one because he's a limo. Um, it's not even Bendis. And it's not even that. Like, it didn't take me much time to read that. I went back and looked over the art. I had enough time yeah. finishing this one. Um, but yeah, anyways, I don't understand that for you sometimes. No, no, he's, he's, he's an absolute madman. Uh, yeah, what are you rating him at? <laughs> uh, I'm going to give this one a nine. I, I really like this issue. Yeah, I am also going to give this a straight nine. Uh, mm-hmm. No muss, no fuss. All right, so that'll take us on to the part of the show where we pick our favorite stuff of the week, favorite panel slash moment, favorite art, favorite cover. And our top five books of the week should be an interesting mix this time. Uh, so we'll start with panel slash moment. What you got? So moment this week is from Rorschach, and it's um, right after you get the history of the mine. He's focused on the page, and the rest were Americans, and it's just him sitting alone in the booth. And there's like a big space between him and the waitress. Like mm. It's a real big stark image. Warness is real good. Yeah. Um. I don't have anything that jumped out as obvious. I think I'm going to go with the the page where the dad says, and then I killed your mother. <laughs> like, just kind of very bluntly. That, that's a big one, too. Yeah, um, that's the one I'm going to go with. But, yeah, also from Rorschach. Uh, not super surprising. Uh, cover of the week. Uh, I guess I'll jump in. Um, I think I have to go with the Batman variant. It's the purple-blue Batman variant. Uh, this very painted looking. I, I was really into that. Um, I, yes, I'm a Tina cover. I'm not surprised. I usually yeah, like yeah, Tina yeah. covers, but um, 
There was a couple of other good ones, but that was the one I think that stuck out the most to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm. It's probably going to end up being a clean sweep this week, but uh, Rorschach that cover cross sites. As a good uh, cover. Crosshairs. Yeah. Uh, it's very very solid bass. I've noticed a lot of these are very of an era. It seems like. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, despite the fact that it's not set in the seventies, it constantly looks like it is the seventies. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, and that's again what gives me the Brubaker vibe. Yeah. Because Brubaker's books feel like that too. They're where they're kind of timeless, but they really focus on this one time period. Uh, all right then. So art of the week. Um, huh. what you got? So mine comes down between Fornes and Zermanico, and I think I'm gonna give it to to Fornes in this one because it's so different from what I'm used to with him. Um, in this one, it's a lot, a lot more in the light, not a lot of that shading that gives it the mm-hmm. noir vibes that he's, that I'm normally used to for him. It's yeah. And I was just struck by it. So, yeah. There's so much good storytelling in Rorschach just through the art and the layouts mm-hmm. and the, the way it complements the, the, the dialogue and the actions that, uh, mm-hmm. there's moments like the pacing of like the, 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 the shot of the dad on, against the, the tombstone and her walking in. And the way it transitions mm-hmm. to like the older versions walking in, like all of that is just pure, pure art pacing in the panels. Yeah. And the Definitely. layout. So uh, I have to give it to Fornes. I have to give it to yeah. Rorschach. It's just, there's no question about it. Uh, all right. Top five books of the week then, Matt. Go. All right. I have to, I have to pull my up because it's hard to think of all of them. But um, one is Rorschach. Two is Justice League. Three is Death Metal. Four is Aquaman. And five is... I'll give it to Titans. I'll give it the, the Endless Winner. Do it. All of them, yeah. Bump. Uh, my number one is Rorschach. My number two is Catwoman. My number mm-hmm. three... What Endless Winner? Did I like more? Uh, yeah. Question. Sure <laughs> I, I, I don't really know. Uh, I... Yeah, well, I'll say Justice League, number three, Aquaman, number four, and then that leaves us with... Uh, Death Metal, I guess, number five? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah, I'll say Death Metal. Yeah. There you go. Uh, that's me, top five books. So that'll lead me to tell you what's coming next week from DC Comics. So brace yourself. This is not everything we'll be covering. This is just everything, uh, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're probably used to what books we read and what we don't read at this point. But uh, So coming out next week is Detective Comics 1033, Action Comics 1028, Wonder Woman 769. Oh, it's worth mentioning, by the way, that if Connor is back for next week, mm-hmm. and I think there's a chance he could be, but it's not... Like, you know, it may be, well, maybe he won't. Mm-hmm. Uh... He'll have to read Action Comics with us if he does come back. Uh, if <laughs> if he can come back next week, the patron who'd picked that is get a backup. Now, gotcha. the option was always there to just make Connor talk about it himself later, but obviously right. not everyone may want to hear it again from him after we've already talked about it. But anyway, uh, so, yeah, so Action Detective, uh, Wonder Woman 769, Justice League Dark 29, uh, mm-hmm. Red Hood 52, Batman Superman 15, Batman Beyond 50, uh, that final that's finally ending. It's the finale. Took got I, 50 I issues. do like that. It's finally there. It's finally there. Yeah. Uh, Batman White Knight presents Harley Quinn issue three. Dark Knight's Death Metal: The Secret Origin issue one. Uh, mm-hmm. so another one shot from there. Uh, 
Yeah, probably, probably the main event next uh, week. Mm-hmm. Well, aside from, of course, uh, the Endless Winter stuff, which I would conclude with Black Adam, Endless Winter, Special mm-hmm. Issue 1. Uh, not concluding the story, just concluding the books for next week, <laughs> is what I meant. Because, right. uh, uh, of course, the other uh, issue is Justice League Dark, which I, I have not been typically reading. Obviously, I'm reading next week's right. because it's part of uh, Endless Winter. So, mm-hmm. there you go. Uh, so, it's a little bit later than this week, uh, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. but that is okay. I will have at least one Patreon book next week. Um, I might even, I'm, nah, cause week five is even quieter. So I'll just do one. I was going to say, maybe I'll do both <laughs> just cause if Connor's back for week five and he does all three of his in one week, uh, but week five is quieter than week four. So I'll just, I'll do one. I'll do one. So, gotcha. uh, but yeah, you go. That's the, uh, that's the, that's the schedule. That's the plan for next week. Uh, so there's no rock solid plans for what the Christmas schedule is like because uh, of when just you know the Saturday recording day falls on. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a chance that the show might be a day or two later, both on Patreon and publicly. Uh, well, let you know on Twitter. Follow us at DC Comics Podcast. I'll put out tweets uh, once we've got something locked more in stone. Um, but that is uh, what we'll talk about in a minute after after we're off air. But. Mm-hmm. Of course, you can support us over at patreon.com slash TV for as little as $1 per month and get bonuses. Uh, of course, at the higher tiers, uh, you might become a producer, the uh, $20 tier, for example, which I will thank our current producers right now. So thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Sharp, Bored Now, Al Treisman, Christopher Moy, Brett Williams, and David Brown. They are all our $20 or more patrons at the moment, so thank you very much to you guys. Uh, but thanks to all of our patrons. And, of course, you can like and subscribe, rate the podcast on iTunes, and give us a good review. Uh, all of those things do help us out. Uh, so if you can't give to us financially, you can mm-hmm. give us by hitting the like button and so on and so on. So uh, please do, please do. Uh, otherwise, um, uh, the next episode, I'm going to just double-check this so I'm not talking nonsense. But yeah, the next episode, no matter what, whether it's at, on time or a bit later, will be after Christmas. So have a nice Christmas. Hey. Uh, yes. from everyone watch, here. Watch out for Krampuses and, you know, Frau Frechtas and all the other Christmas monsters I found out about this week. Um, <laughs> and st- stay stay tuned to my Twitter feed because I'm going to rank my favorite ones. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Uh, and, then, you know, there, there will be Christmas sales in Comixology and uh, no mm-hmm. doubt elsewhere. I know I know Marvel have got a Masterwork sale on right now where the Masterwork volumes are like $2 each, which is insane. Yep. Uh, so if that's of interest, to check out. I actually have a new yeah, tablet yeah. arriving tomorrow for comic reading. So Merry um, Merry Christmas to you. Yeah, well, you know, it's not too fancy. It's an Amazon Fire one, but uh, yeah, but still, my know. my my iPad from like 2012 is like ancient now and won't update anymore, and so on and so on. Yeah. Uh, so this one's a little bit bigger, and you know, we'll actually do things now. Yeah. So, uh, but there you go. Uh, that's basically things. And obviously, yes, at some point in the next couple of weeks, there will be an annual episode as well. Uh, we'll just wait for Connor to be back for that. Because yeah. it feels weird to do that with them. Uh, but I'll just be us doing our best of 2020 and all that jazz. And <laughs> what a delightful, weird list that it'll be doing best uh, things of 2020. Yeah, this year. Um, but yeah, but yeah, have a nice Christmas. Uh, yes. Th- thanks for being with us throughout 2020. Hopefully, we made this very dark and brutal year just a little bit better. And yeah. uh, you know, stick with us, and hopefully, it'll be a fun 2021 with DC Comics and everything they've got to give us. So, um, well, I don't know why I'm saying that. I mean, we'll have one more episode before New Year's at least, yeah. but still, it's still. Uh, that, I mean, yeah, yeah you know, I get you. 
holidays coming, things are here, blah blah blah. Uh, but yeah, but we will be back with an episode before New Year's, don't worry, there will be the next parts of Endless Winter and all that reviewed, it's just, we'll figure that yeah. out in a minute. But Maybe thank you very much. Three parts left, I think. Yeah, yeah, two next week and then yeah. one on week no, five. the final. Yep. Uh, but that is us, so thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics, and remember to never get lost in the Speech Force. Watch out for Krampus, y'all. You don't play.